Mm. All right, so we are we are live. I'm just going to grab the link over here on Twitch. Sure. So and send that to you guys so you can push that out, and we'll let Nick see. Hopefully, Nick comes and watches us. I oh, think that is be that cool. how they is that how they watch it though? Is through Twitch? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everything's through Twitch. Um. So yeah, we're live right now. Uh, checking that out over there. So we're all good. Everything looks good. So yeah, thank you guys so much for the love of sports NFL draft special. I hope you guys are excited. We got our Buddhas. We got our Jags fans. <laughs> what else could we want today? Uh, reason why I wanted to do this, obviously, known you guys for a minute now. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with it, and I know how much you guys love talking about the draft, and I love listening. So I thought this would be just a cool opportunity for us to hash it out. I want to hear some of your thoughts. I'm going to make fun of both of you a little bit and you guys can make fun of me back. And I think we can have a, we can have a good time with it. So, uh, yeah. All right. So I'm Michael Raziel. If you listen to the show, you should know who I am. I have Justin, same last name, not brothers or cousins. Um, and then we have Derek, who's just a good friend of ours. We love him. We love him dearly. Uh, so yeah, uh, Derek and Justin essentially took a lot of time. They put a lot of work, a lot of effort, watched some film, wrote some articles, did some stuff to talk about how, they believe that the draft is going to end up, which I think is pretty cool. So very excited for that. Um, I guess I do want to start before we hop into the picks. Like where, where did you guys, when did you fall in love with the draft and like creating this kind of stuff and doing this? I guess, uh, Justin, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, my love actually came in 2006. So it was the year the Jaguars drafted Mercedes Lewis. And then second round, they went Maurice Jones drew. And I remember looking at him thinking of, I mean, I don't know why, but thinking from a fancy perspective, I was like, whoa, like if I can kind of start looking to some of these guys back when I was like 14, 15 years old, be like, all right, maybe I can kind of get like a little bit of a leg up on some of these people um, in the draft that I'm in. Cause I started doing a couple leagues even before I really started doing one. I was always doing multiple ones. Um, so kind of started getting into it then. And I don't even know if Derek remembers this, but actually one of my first ever conversations with Derek was arguing about um, the draft. It was, it, really? uh, it was 2008 in uh, Mr. Carr's class, that health class that we did take. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the year with Pete Fick. Yeah. Um, so Derek was <laughs> shout actually out talking Pete to, Fick. Yeah, shout out Pete Fick. Uh, fast break. Um, fast break. <laughs> so one of the things, uh, Derek was actually talking to somebody else in the class about, I, I don't remember which prospect it was. And I turned around, I was like, yo, you're wrong and this is why. <laughs> and then from then, Derek and I just kind of started spitting back and forth about it. And it just kind of became like a, a mutual friendship and kind of started working into a little bit of uh, some of this kind of stuff. So yeah. pretty excited about this. And you ended up somehow in his wedding. Uh, and not only did <laughs> yeah. we end up in his wedding, <laughs> you know, Nick's, Nick's we, not watching yet. And uh, just wanted to remind him, you know, if he ever does come on, <laughs> Justin and I were like one person away from Derek. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, Great wedding. it really wasn't bad. You guys were off top with uh, Dan and I. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So don't get it. Uh, Derek, how about you? When did you fall in love with the uh, the NFL draft and, and doing all this crazy shit around it? Um. I think mine probably came about like junior, senior of high school when I actually started to get like really serious about um, like looking at different colleges and stuff. And for me, it was um, just like I really started to get into college football a lot more than, yeah, I was a Texas fan, <laughs> didn't go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but just like, you know, really, that's when my interest in college football kind of took off. Like I watched it sporadically before then. Um and to me, I just thought it was so cool to be able to watch kids go from like, you know, freshman in college to just like killing it in the NFL. And it just got me like really interested in caring about like more than just like the colleges I was interested in. Um, and like also paying attention to like other teams, like other than just the Giants, like, you know, trying to figure out like what other teams need, like what they, you know, need to mm -hmm. 
draft. It just became fun, you know? Yeah, it is nice. It just, I mean, we were, we're all pretty big college football fans too. So it's always kind of mm-hmm. cool to see and project and feel like, okay, how's this guy going to do what he's going to do? It's always yeah. just kind of cool in my perspective. And, and being a pretty agnostic college football fan, just really, I mean, hating Ohio State is essentially the only thing I do. I hate Michigan too, but, you know, I like them one <laughs> game a year. Yeah. Um, they never they never pull it through. The one game a year that I root for them, they never pull it through for me. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just always been super enjoyable to see, you know, these guys that you watch a lot on Saturdays, which I know we all watch a lot mm-hmm. of college football, uh, just to see how they can project or potentially play in, you know, the on, on Sundays, which is always really enjoyable and kind of seeing yeah. how that works out. So, yeah, really excited that we get to do this. We get to hang out a little bit. We have live stream going on Twitch right now for the love of sports. Um, we're obviously recording this, probably going to pu- pu- push that up onto YouTube. And obviously this is also going to be the podcast as well. So a couple different places people can listen to this, a couple different places people can hear it. So just uh, give a little bit of background on what's going on. So we're going to go through all 32 picks as long as, um, you know, we're not on here until like 12 o'clock at night, which if we are, we are, it's fine with me. Um, so we're going to go through all 32 picks the way it was done. Justin and Derek each went through and pretty much started with Justin then Derek, then Justin, then Derek, and pretty much just went through. So I'm going to allow them to talk about their picks a little bit. Let the other comment. I'll put. I'll, I'll throw my two cents in. Like when we start talking about wide receivers, you guys know how much I hate drafting wide receivers in the first round. So we can talk about that a little bit. Um, and obviously, I want to talk about the Giants. Of course, that's an easy one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think this should be pretty fun. So um, Justin, you had the first pick, correct? Yep. Yep. All right. Pretty much cool. just went shock. Yep. Just the went, first pick uh, in the NFL. Seen- Come on, let me, come, oh. dude. Give me a second. <laughs> all right, all right. You got commissioner now. <laughs> I'm commissioner. You can boo me all you want, but I'm going to be on this stage. <laughs> like the NFL draft, the Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback out of Louisiana State. Hold that tiger. Yeah, let's go. Um, so, I mean, pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory pick. I mean, at this point, it's pretty much a foregone cl- conclusion about who's going to go where with this pick, and it's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, 55 touchdowns, like. 5,200 passing yards last year is pretty freaking crazy. Um, easily one of the best quarterbacks that we prospects that we've seen since Andrew Luck. Um, and I mean, we're going to kind of see how he can do at the next level, unless something comes up and he forces a draft day trade. Um, this seems like this is this is going to be the pick. Yeah, I would agree with that, Derek. I'm assuming you agree with that as well. Yeah, I mean, there's really no other option for the Bengals. It's time to move on from Dalton and. Burrow's the best in the, you know, coming out this year. So it's, why not? It's crazy to me because I think I asked both of you this at the beginning of the year. I think, uh, you know, Justin, we watched the the Texas game um, mm. together and Derek, we were obviously texting you during it because that's really mm. all we do. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about the potential of Joe Burrow. Just do you think he's a first round quarterback? And then by mm. the time we get to later in the year, yeah, he obviously had the statistically greatest college football season ever, but mm. it's just crazy to me how at the beginning of the year, you're hearing him maybe a third round pick, you know, yeah. possibly a third day pick, you know, fourth or fifth round. Now, all of a sudden, you know, by the fourth game of the year, he's maybe a first round pick. And now he's a first overall pick. It is crazy to me to see kind of that, you know, hate to use it meteoric rise, from mm-hmm. pretty much, I mean, he what had 16 touchdown passes last yeah, year. Yeah, it's like a junior at LSU. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys feel about that? Like the fact that like he pretty much, not that he didn't come from out of nowhere. You know, he was highly mm-hmm. touted out of out of high school. I think, if I'm not mistaken, going to OSU, transferring. Do you think there's any cause for concern there? Yeah, like I, you know, he. You know, I hate to say like he didn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. Haskins went. To, wound up throwing for 50 touchdowns in his one season was a first round pick. So it's not like, you know, he lost out to some scrub. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he goes to LSU and LSU has never been known for being 
a QB friendly offense. They just haven't until this year with Joe Brady. Um, so I think it is a little concerning. I, I don't know if it's so much concerning as it is that Joe Brady was really just able to take Burrow and play to his strengths and develop an offense around that rather than like trying to pigeonhole him into doing something he's not quite as good at. So maybe he's not like the most scheme versatile quarterback, but like, you know, with a creative mind, he can be a really good one. Mm-hmm. And he has a young offensive corner slash head coach yeah. that can kind of yeah. replicate what he was doing at LSU. So something mm-hmm. like that can kind of help him out. Plus also me, it helps that he kind of um, sat at Ohio state a little bit, kind yeah. of watched and learned from a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players mm-hmm. that he was around. And then, I mean, also kind of helps when you have Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson, you're throwing yeah, true. But, um, <laughs> there's just a lot of things years. that Joe Brady did right. And that's why I think he's going right. to succeed well at uh, Carolina. Right. I mean, you know, his just ability to throw accurately is not something you can always teach. And his is off the charts. So, I mean, even if his arm strength isn't the best, I still think he can be like more than a good enough quarterback. I I think, you know, what you guys were saying, I mean, with the wide receivers that he had, I mean, it's just insane. You just laugh at how freaking good those guys are. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's just ridiculous. Um, I Mm -hmm. mean, right next to the Alabama wide receivers, you know, I would call it at least number two, if not one B in the nation. Right. Um, And with, with that, I mean, I would also say, you know, it's, yes, his accuracy was off the charts, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, it was his accuracy off the charts against how many top 10 teams did he play? Uh, Now, again, like, Exactly. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, yeah. again, went through Oklahoma, which that's, that is what it is. And then mm-hmm. the Clemson game, cool. obviously he was incredible. So it mm-hmm. was weird. And you know, you always can make that argument. Oh, maybe he was playing with the best talent, which he was, maybe they were playing <clears throat> nobody, but he was playing with the best talent, but they were clearly going up against the best talent. And I mean, just brutally annihilating them the whole yeah. way. It wasn't even like close in a lot of these yeah. situations. So, but just, I, just I, think of like the SEC teams that he was facing, like LSU, you have two top corners in Derek Stingley and Christian Fulton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Flo- uh, CJ Henderson from Florida. You have Trevon Diggs from, from Alabama. So all these teams that they're constantly playing and facing all this like great competition. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of, he, he passed the test. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. I would say, I would say awesome. All right. So that was pick number one. That was Justin. So we really have to mention that pick number two was Derek. I just want everyone <laughs> yeah. to understand that I had nothing to do with this. Um, pick number two of the NFL draft, the Washington Redskins take Tristan Worf offensive tackle out of Iowa. I'm glad you're laughing. Cause I think, yeah, it's let's hear it, Derek. Derek, tell us right. why as an Ohio state fan, they should not draft Chase Young. So again, this is not my prediction. Like no sane person would ever think that the Redskins are actually going to take Trishan Worfs over Chase Young. Um, This is like, if I were the GM of the Redskins, I think it makes more sense to get a blindside protector. Cause like I'm operating under the assumption that uh, Trent Williams probably isn't going to be back. Um, It seems like that's just, there's just like too much that's gone on there for him to want to come back. Um, so, you know, Haskins played okay last year and came on a lot stronger towards the end of the year. And if you truly believe that, like, he's your franchise guy, even if you even if you don't believe, actually, you have to go in thinking that he can be. So to maximize his talent and to keep him from getting killed, you have to get him protection. And I think Worfs is the best tackle in the league, and it makes sense because, like, just how many careers have we seen ruined because a quarterback – just got you know sacked 60 times a game hit twice as many so you know the david carr factor yeah exactly it's like <laughs> you you see it a lot i mean the um andrew luck just retired because he was getting sacked 
you know, 60 times a year and his body just broke. So I think that, you know, if you think has, you know, you got to assume that Haskins is your guy. Cause if you don't, you might as well just draft Tua. but you know, I think that combined with the fact that the Redskins already have, um, you know, like Ryan Kerrigan, they drafted Montez Sweat last year. They drafted Jonathan Allen like three years ago. Um, and Deron Payne. Deron Payne. They uh, signed Nate Orchard, who's a pass rush specialist. Like, you can't have like seven pass rushers on the field at once. It just doesn't work like hey, that. So you're a Giants fan. You've seen <laughs> yeah, you seen seven pass worked. rushers. You saw how that worked. It worked out pretty well both times. No, I understand what you're saying, and I do yeah. get that. You, you draft so, a quarterback. You have to protect him, and their offensive yeah. line. Like, don't get me wrong. Chase Young is definitely the better prospect. He's the safer pick. And, you know, the Redskins are probably going to do it. It's not like I can kill them for it. But I just think, like, you want Haskins to be the guy. You got to help him out. You got to get an offensive tackle and a receiver are, like, two of the biggest needs for this team. So, you know, you don't take wide receiver second overall, but you can definitely take the best left tackle. Mm -hmm. Justin? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. My biggest thing is, if you're gonna take a tackle, trade down. Like, and yeah, we, yeah, we, did, yeah. we didn't do that. We didn't do this mock with trades because it's so hard to predict. Right. And obviously, there's certain ones that you can predict, and this would be one of them. Like, if if they weren't gonna go Chase right. Young or quarterback, you're trading back. Yeah, like um, if, if if the Dolphins blow them away with like two or three first round picks or something like that, then they'll trade back to five. And taking a tackle makes a lot more sense. Like. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Also, my other thing is, it's the same with the Jaguars, the Yannick and Gakways. I don't want to include the needs of teams yet until that player's traded. It's so like even That's though fair. Yannick and Gakway hasn't been traded yet, I don't want to um, go on to something that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously just start making. Well, then again, coming back to edge rushes, you always need more edge rushers. Right. But you can only have one left tackle. You can only have one right tackle. The nice thing That's about fair. Tristan Wirfs is he can play left, he can play right, and he can also play guard. Right. Um, which that kind of scheme versatility gives him a little bit of a leg up over, say, Jedrick Willis, who, mm-hmm. or Willis, who's only played right tackle in college and high right. school. So one of those kind of things that he doesn't he, – he, you can kind of move him around and maneuver him a little mm-hmm. bit and put him in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that makes sense. That was the point I was actually going to make is if this is the way they want to go, trading down would make the most sense. Yeah, you know, trading with definitely. Dolphins, trading with the Chargers, just letting them come up. You get all those extra picks, as you said, and they need a wide receiver. This is one of the deeper classes we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity to trade back, get a probably another first along with it, if not, mm-hmm. you know, from the Dolphins at least. And then the opportunity to then grab someone in the second round, third round, fourth round, whatever that extra pick is as the wide receiver would make a lot of sense too, which I think would be a lot of fun. So definitely I, again, we all don't actually think this is going to happen, no, but no. It, I, I appreciate your insight. I appreciate why you said what you said and the reasons behind it's it. It's good so, content. Great, great content. Anything for the content, Derek, anything for yep. the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty solid on Tristan Ward. So we can go to number three, which now is kind of an obvious, the Detroit Lions, yeah. like Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. Um, do you guys just want to like talk about how incredible he is for a couple minutes before we move on? I, I want to know what he would have done against Rutgers if he was allowed to play. That's my, <laughs> he would have broken the single sack record. He would have had five sacks that year, that, that game. And then he would have finished yeah. with what, like 21, 23 sacks, something crazy like that. So yeah, something around there. Does Rutgers still cover though that's the only thing that i care about no yeah actually no. Derek, this is a great time to fulfill that bet that we made the spread against we the Rutgers covered the fake spread against ohio state that you made for yourself so that's still pretty oh, impressive. yeah 
I drank a beer out of his shoe. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, well, <laughs> give me give me a couple minutes on Chase Young, and I mean he's he, he's otherworldly. He's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Derek, I, mean, I mean, you saw him firsthand. You can you can take. Yeah, him. I mean, <laughs> he's a guy. Um, he was like a top ten recruit coming out of high school. Um, he played at like a powerhouse in Maryland, Dematha High School. Um, you know, as a freshman, I think you started to see it. He was a rotational player, but he still had four sacks. Um, his sophomore year when. Nick Bosa got hurt. He ended up finishing with 10 and a half sacks, um, you know, and was really pretty, pretty damn good that year. And there was a lot of, you know, I mean, he was like a guy that was already being talked about as the number one pick after his sophomore year. Um, and then this year, I mean, yeah, I watched every game and just like, I don't think I've seen a guy as explosive and sound technically since like Clowney. Like mm-hmm. he's really that good. Um, his explosiveness off the line is insane. Um, Larry Johnson, Ohio State's defensive line coach, is the best in the country. And you know, you see that with like the Boses, how their technique is really good. Chase Young's probably isn't as good as them yet, but it's still really advanced for a, you know a guy who's like 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really can change a franchise. I mean, I think the most common comparison I've seen for him is Julius Peppers, which makes sense. You know, just the body frame, the speed off the edge. He just has everything you want. And like the crazy thing is he's not even a finished product yet. And um, I don't know if Matt Patricia is going to stick around too long to coach him. But, <laughs> you know, maybe if you get like another defensive minded coach in there, um, really can take advantage. And I wouldn't be surprised if this dude averages like 15 sacks a year for the next 10 years. I like it. I mean, I, I like the hyperbole too. Um, but at the same time, I do think he, he is incredible. I think he's going to be very, very good in some capacity and whatever capacity. And I think I, here's a question. Do you think he will have the same type of impact on the lions as maybe Joey did on the chargers or um, Nick did with the 49ers? Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, he'll be going to a team that also has Trey Flowers. So, you know, he probably won't see, he'll probably see more one-on-ones than he would if he went to like the Bengals or I don't know, maybe to the Redskins. But um, I think he's going to have an opportunity early. I mean, he's going to go there and already be like one of the best players on that defense. So, you know, you kind of just got to let him get out there and get going. I love it. Let him get out there and get going. <laughs> yeah. um, so perfect. So with the number fourth pick, this is uh, Derek's pick again. I know he just talked mm-hmm. a lot about the last two, but we had to let him have the Ohio State one. Uh, with the fourth pick in the NFL draft, my New York Giants select Andrew <laughs> Thomas. New York Giants. Yeah, Our your- New York Giants select Andrew <laughs> Thomas, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we know the Giants need a any type of person that can be on the offensive line. We saw Daniel mm-hmm. Jones pretty much he gets Destroyed. touched. He, yeah. he fumbles the ball. Um, yeah, he got destroyed a bunch last year, so we'll see how it happens there. But I guess with Werfs gone, mm-hmm. why do you think Andrew Thomas is the second best tackle in the draft? Um, it's funny because like I actually kind of went full circle on Andrew Thomas. Like he was the guy after the season ended, I was typically slotting to the Giants, and then you know the combine happens and kind of get infatuated with Werfs or like Mackay Becton or someone like that, and. Andrew Thomas kind of got lost in the shuffle, but just going back through looking at some of his film and just looking at his accolades and how he did, like, you know, I use PFF a lot for offensive linemen because I think that they're actually really good with offensive linemen. 
Thank you. Um, you know, I think that Thomas, you know, he was a three-year starter at Georgia. He faced some incredible pass rushers. Um, and I just think he's a true left tackle. You know, I think his technique still needs some work, but like he's got the athleticism for it. And I just think that he's the guy that is accomplished and has the upside and it just makes sense. Like Wills or Becton are a little bit more risky. So for the number four overall pick, I want a safer pick. And I just think Thomas makes the most sense. And, you know, like you said, got to keep Daniel Jones upright. Yep. Justin. I was going to say pretty much going off of what Derek said is of the, the four, five main offensive tackles that are coming out in this year's draft. um, Thomas is definitely the safest of all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So having him and kind of just, he's like one of those plug and play players, just like put him in there, put him at left tackle and he'll be good. He'll be, he won't be anything exceptional. He won't be one Mm -hmm. of those all time greats, but he's going to be a solid left tackle that you can rely on and depend upon. Yeah. And I mean, and I think with the giant situation, you know, maybe you start him off at right tackle, you know, because you still have Solder probably for the next year or two, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, you know, get him used to the speed of the league on the right side. And when they dump Solder, move him over to the left side. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully um, never forget. Nate Solder gave up more sacks than Eric Flowers. Yeah, in a giant that's really literally something. never ever forget that. Next time anyone out there complains about Eric Flowers, me being one of them. <laughs> Eric Flowers just signed a contract extension with the Redskins, though at guard. So uh, kind of Dolphins. funny. Dolphins, thirty three for thirty. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolph- yeah he's right. But it's funny because the Jaguars actually started him out at guard, and then it's kind of funny mm-hmm. seeing how he's improved upon just that little position switch. So hey man. you never know what a position switch can do on these players. If it works, it works. I don't think anyone's going to complain about it. So I want to, I want to stop here for a second. Cause I think this is a really great point. You know, we talked about it at number two with the potential mm-hmm. trade, you know, if the Redskins actually want to, you know, they are looking to take an offensive lineman, most likely you're going to try and trade back right mm-hmm. here. Even if we don't, you know, play with the first couple picks, you know, assuming Chase Young goes two, and then, you know, the, the Lions and the Giants are two really great spots for one of these uh, teams, such as the Dolphins, the Chargers, potentially the Panthers to move up. What do you think um, is the most, I don't know, I, I don't want to say best case scenario, looking at it from a Giants perspective, uh, Derek, you can comment mm-hmm. on the best case scenario, but Justin, from like the most realistic scenario, where, who, which one of those three teams do you actually think could trade up with to three or four to grab either Tua or Herbert, whoever they have a little higher on their board? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the Dolphins. The Dolphins have the ammunition to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, they have those three picks in the first round, and I think they still have two next year too. So um, yeah. they have a bunch of ammunition that they can to kind of move around and maneuver however they want to. Because I think it's what is it, they have six of the first sixty picks or seventy five picks. Something crazy ridiculous. Like that. Yeah. Really ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so the, they actually have the ammo to do it. Um, whether they want to do that remains to be seen. Because it sound it. I mean, just from everything that's been coming out, it sounds like they're totally okay with whatever quarterback falls in at five. And that way, they have the pick eighteen. They have the pick twenty six to take running back. Mm. offensive line linebacker best player available kind of wherever they want to go because of the frequency moves that they made their defense looks pretty good it's going to kind of come down to the offense and whatever rookie quarterback they they're going to rely on mm-hmm. yeah and then i guess derek what is the best case scenario just from the the selfish giants perspective like what do you think the best case scenario would be like if chase um, young does fall to three i don't think the lions are trading out of three at that point no they probably wouldn't um I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think the Giants might be stuck in a position where they actually stay put. Um, I think that if any trades happen, it's with two and three. I doubt that, you know, anybody trades up to four. I don't know. I mean, 
I think the, the only... so the Raiders, the Raiders have two picks. Um, yeah, the Dolphins have, have three. The Jaguars have two, potentially three. Whatever yeah. happens with Mbappe. I mean, mm. I just, I mean, of those teams you listed, like, are the Raiders really going to trade up for Tua? I don't know because he's injury prone. I don't know if that really, you know, does, kind of does moving them. Is um, moving to a new market though? You know, we've kind of seen that with the Chargers. They were super in on Tom Brady because they moved to a new market. Now they need fans. Yeah. Like, do you think anything like that could really come down from the bullhead um, of uh, Mark Davis? Who knows? Because the dude's crazy. So, you know, it's <laughs> certainly possible he could try and do something like that. Um, I don't know. I think really, like I said, I think the Giants are probably, I'm looking at the draft order. I think the Giants are probably stuck at four, which isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, they could just take their pick. Um, I think, you know, I really do think that the, the trades come at two or three. Um, okay. You know, I just, I think that if, Washington does what most people expect and takes Chase Young. Then someone will trade up to three to try and take two, whether that's um, the Chargers, the Dolphins, or maybe the Raiders. Um, or if, you know, a team trades out of, or if, the, um, excuse me, Washington ends up trading out of two. Okay, then Chase Young goes at three. No one's trading up for four for Herbert. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the Giants most likely are just going to end up be picking at four. Okay. And that makes um, sense. And another, just out of curiosity, again, just uh, out of selfishness, a lot of people see Isaiah Simmons in this spot. Um, and yeah. also Jeffrey Okuda is still on the board yeah. um, with everything that's going. We know the Giants drafted like 12 defensive backs in the last two years. None of them look that great. James Bradbury. None of them look great. Julian loves look, looks okay as kind of that weird free safety uh, kind of player. But um, you know, so do you guys think y- y- are you, you know, so who I'm sorry, Derek made this pick. Mm-hmm. You're you're pretty steadfast with both of yours, considering again the Redskins as well and the Giants. You have a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback now. Yeah. You really the number one thing you have to do is protect him. Yeah, I think if Jones looked like a lost cause last year, maybe I would be more willing mm-hmm. to I mean, like don't I think both Simmons and Okuda are um better prospects than Andrew mm-hmm. Thomas is. And I think that, you know, it would definitely be great for the Giants to have Simmons who can do anything. Um I think corners become a premium position with how much they throw the ball around in the league now. And a guy like Okuda who can lock down a receiver that it has a lot more value, but you know, Jones showed a lot of promise last year, despite what we both thought would happen. Um, and I think that you can take a reasonable step forward if he just has a better offensive line. I would hope so. Less fumbles, man. That's yeah. really all I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, he had like 10 out. last year and yeah. it was because he got hit on like, you know, a second after the snap. I, hope- I was going to say also hasn't David hasn't Dave Gettleman never traded in the first round in his history of being a GM? Uh, I don't think yeah. he's ever moved up. I don't think he's ever moved down. I think he's always stayed. No, in last year, round. last year we moved up to get DeAndre Baker at like thirty-one or something. Yeah. Oh, that, okay, that was trading. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that was trading. We even into. picked him. He is terrible. <laughs> I'm really hoping his second year. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I was going to say that's, that's why I wouldn't give up. That's why I wouldn't take a cornerback that early if I'm the Giants because like you put yeah. all that money in, you put all that mm-hmm. capital into DeAndre Baker into yeah. um, the kid out of Notre Dame love last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you sign Bradbury, who I yeah. I don't know. I, I know that you guys are kind of a little low on him, but I liked him. I know that he I, want, he he matches up well with big wide receivers. Yeah, I'll take I, literally anything after last yeah, year. Seriously. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care who it was. I just wanted anybody. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I think, again, th- just the way this is kind of fo- unfolding is pretty cool. So um, we'll go to the number five pick. So this was mm-hmm. Justin. Odds are Justin's, evens are Derek's. I think I think I got it now, guys. I think we're going to be good. <laughs> uh, the number five pick in the NFL draft, the 
Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback out of Alabama. Luke is watching. Um, so shout out, Luke. You got your quarterback. Congrats, bud. Um, Justin, tell us a little bit about Tua. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're going to try and compare him to somebody else, he's a left-handed Drew Brees. And it's kind of funny because we haven't had a, a left-handed quarterback in the league since 2015 when I think it was Kellen Moore who is now the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. So kind Boise of funny. State, let's go. Yeah, Boise State. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's, you can see the Drew Brees in him mainly because it's the accuracy. Like, you see how accurate this guy Like, this guy can throw the ball wherever he wants to do. He can do it on the run. He can do it in the pocket. His biggest question, it's always going to come back to this, is his medicals. It's going to be like, how yeah. is his hip? How is the rest of his body kind of handle um, the giants that are in the NFL now? Mm. <laughs> Love it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the one thing we're hearing a lot of, you know, is he, he is injury prone or is he just super unlucky? Um, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, everybody else that plays quarterback hasn't broken their hip or had the same surgery on their ankles and hasn't broken their wrist. Like, it's just, I don't believe in coincidences. And at this point, it's kind of crazy that all of this happens to him. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think he's incredible. I think, you know, we, if we were talking about him getting drafted last year, probably, would have went number one i guess or maybe number two or you know he would have been up there so it's always very interesting to me to see how you know he was this incredible prospect out of high school has that national championship moment then loses the national championship game then gets hurt and now we're kind of you know we're we're seeing people talk about how he might slip to 12 he might just slip to the raiders at 12 um which is pretty crazy so i don't think that's going to happen uh but derek mm -hmm. how much do you love to um, <laughs> I like him, but I do think that there is a pretty big bust factor with him too. Um, not just the injuries, like you mentioned, but you know, he kind of struggled against some of the better defenses that he played, um, throughout college. You know, I mean, you go back to his sophomore year, um, like everybody got really infatuated by what he did in the national championship game against Georgia. And it's like hard not to be, but you know, there were a couple games like, um, LSU the past two years on um, the national championship game against Clemson where, you know, it's kind of equal firepower on both sides. And he, he just tends to struggle a little bit more against like those better defenses. And he is a great talent because I think even though he doesn't have like a rocket arm, his arm is tremendous. Like his accuracy and ability to just put it like right on the money, especially downfield. You know, he really took advantage of receivers like Henry Ruggs and Devonta Smith, you know, to be able to hit those guys in stride 45 yard downfield, like is really impressive. Um, I just, I'm not sure there's something that still holds me back on him and I can't really pinpoint it, but I, I think he has a lot of potential, but I really also wouldn't be surprised if he kind of just had an average career. I, I want him to be good. He is just so yeah. incredible. And that national championship moment, as you said, like it's hard not to be infatuated with that coming in the second mm -hmm. half, winning it in overtime, that incredible throw to Jerry Judy. Uh, we have yeah. our first comment of the night, guys. And this this actually comes from Luke because uh, he really, really <laughs> wants the Dolphins to draft Tua. He says, mention his injuries come from him trying to make plays that aren't there. And if a coaching staff can teach him to take the check down, they can limit his injuries. I disagree um, just because, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, he's going to get hit regardless. That's the way the league is. And I, you know, I understand what you're saying when you don't throw the ball away, you open yourself up more, but I think that's also kind of ingrained into who he is as a player. So I don't know if that's something you can tame. Exactly. I was like, yeah. 
even just watching Deshaun Watson, that's kind of how yeah. he was playing while yeah. he was at Clemson. Now that's kind of how he was playing in Houston. And then look at the, and the offensive hold line. Your breath every time. <laughs> yeah, and you're like super – like, all right, like hopefully he makes it okay. Um, yeah. It's funny because I was watching the uh, the game where – it was just like a random game that just had on an NFL Network earlier, and he just went down with an ankle injury. Like he got tackled. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny. He was out of the pocket trying to make a play because that's mm-hmm. – like you're playing to win the game. Like he's not exactly. just going to sit there and just just – all right, I'm just gonna throw it away. Like no one, like Brett Favre didn't do that. I mean, Mm-mm. screw it. Like if, if if that's if that's ingrained in your body and in your muscle memory, do what you got to do. Because if you're stu- if you're not gonna do that, all of a sudden there's a hesitation that takes that yeah. split second. And all of a sudden he gets crushed from the backside. Yep, that's exactly and, it. And he has a weird backside because he's left-handed. So I think we might. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just double yeah. check. I think we're gonna talk about that a little bit later potentially. But um, I think that's a solid amount on to anyone else out there. I mean, you've watched, if you are a fan of college football, you've seen him play in some capacity. Yeah. If not, you're not really a fan of college He's football. He's must-see TV, and exactly. it's like definitely mm-hmm. something that like the Dolphins need. I mean, there's no way in hell they can go into next year with um, Josh Rosen and Fitzpatrick. Like, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it is. Isn't it crazy? Derek and I, we wanted Josh Rosen so bad on the Giants. We're not going to comment. No, you're, don't. I'll I'll take it. I wanted Josh Rosen very badly on the Giants, yeah. uh, and so did Derek. The number six pick in the NFL draft, the former San Diego, current LA, current terrible <laughs> logo. Like, where are you going with this? Chargers <laughs> select Mackay Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, evens are Derek. Derek, are you are only picking offensive linemen? It's kind of boring, but I honestly yep, like your 16 strategy. straight picks of offensive <laughs> linemen. <laughs> yeah, he, he made this note when we were talking earlier, too. So. Holy crap. You aren't? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, so you're our offensive line guy. Why do you think Makai Becton? So here's my first question. Yeah. Why, why is it worth it for the Chargers to take the third best offensive tackle at the sixth overall pick? Yes, because I think that Becton has really high upside. Um, you know, I recently was like, I read an article that talked about how he kind of struggles a little bit in like what are called like true pass protection sets, where it's literally a quarterback just dropping back in the pocket and having to um, block that. You know, not so much designed rollouts or screens to the other side of the field, stuff like that. Um, and he struggles a little bit, but like you look at, what he did at the combine and like what he can do when he really is in a groove technically. And it's insane. Um, he's just a mountain of a human being. He's like what? 330, 340, Justin. 360. He's oh a big guy. Okay. okay. So I was, and, and there, there, I was under kind of, him. Yeah. I was gonna say there, there, there's some kind of, uh, we don't know what way he kind of played at last year. Like he was around yeah. like the 340, 355. Cause obviously they're going to yeah. lose some weight while they're playing, while they're conditioning, all those kind of things. And sometimes certain offensive line, offensive line coach want them to kind of try and stay at their weight. That way they mm-hmm. don't kind of start dipping off towards the end of the season. So, right. Um, but I mean, when you're a guy that's 360 pounds, if you lose 10, 15 pounds, yeah. you wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. And you know, it's just crazy to think like what this guy can do. I mean, I'm, I'm a, it's still a little worrisome, but, because he almost reminds me of, like, remember how people fell in love with Greg Robinson? Like, I feel like it's that level of athleticism that you're seeing. I think that Becton's more advanced in where he, where he is technically than Robinson was coming out. And, like, especially just, like, the differences in offense make Becton a little bit more um, knowledgeable of his technique in pass protection. So I think it's worth taking um, because your options here are either Jordan Love or Justin Herbert for a quarterback. And, you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit more later. I'm not too high on either of them. I think they're more second round guys. 
are they going to go second round? Probably not. They're probably going to go first round, but I don't think it's a massive drop off between those two guys and say like Jacob Eason. So I think if you can get a guy who's a more surefire thing at your left tackle position, which is, you know, left tackle is the reason why Phillip Rivers is no longer like really that viable of a quarterback. I know he signed with the Colts, but he's been going downhill because he's been taking a lot of hits. So they're, you know, this pick isn't going to win them more games next year necessarily, but you put yourself in a top five position again next year when it's a much better quarterback class. So you might as well take the lumps and take a guy whose upside is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So with that though, again, just looking at a couple of the picks that are behind him, Isaiah mm-hmm. Simmons still on the board, Jeffrey Okuda still on the board. Um, the chargers have always needed cornerback help. I feel like in the division mm-hmm. with the Kansas city chiefs where they're, you know, Patrick Mahomes is slinging it for 450 yards a game. Again, you know, it's it's a hard um, transition for any college cornerback to go right to the NFL, but the same essentially applies there as well. Like, okay, he might not be great next year, but Okuda can then turn into be potentially one of the better cornerbacks in the league at some point. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that make sense? Considering Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be around for the next ten or fifteen years. Justin says no. I'll let I'll let Derek define. Okay, no, Justin's talking. No, Justin. I was going to say mainly because their their cornerback play is pretty pretty set right now. Like they signed Chris Harris, they have Casey Hayward, they have Derwin mm-hmm. James at safety. It's like you're and Desmond pretty, King still right, and Desmond King is still yeah. around. It's like you're you're pretty set at corner right now. Um, if you want to kind of go a different route, then that's totally okay. But I wouldn't go corner. There is a lot of people. I think it's Matt Miller is one of the big ones where he really wants Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James on the on the on the field. Yeah, LB. I see that, and it's that to me like it sounds like that would be fun to play in like Madden, but yeah. like that's just really not going to work like in a professional setting. But, I just don't think. But that pick, if they if they do go with Isaiah Simmons, that would combat the whole Chiefs philosophy of how this this fast, high flying offense. And that way, yeah. you can take an Isaiah Simmons, and he can he can he can line up against Travis Kelsey. You can take Derwin James, and he can match up against one of the receivers over there. So that I way, mean, you can kind of have one of those guys. And you could yeah. do um, Ohio State and Michigan both do that. They have like same position. They're called different names, but essentially, it's a strong safety, um, weak side linebacker hybrid. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if you're, if, you know, Anthony Lynn is a pretty creative guy. Maybe if he's feeling, you know, like he's up to the challenge of it, you take, I, you take Isaiah Simmons and you move him to an outside linebacker, but don't they also run a three, four? Yeah. So I don't know if it makes enough sense. Maybe you could put him inside, but I just think like, you know, yeah. Okuda and Simmons, like, would be more luxury picks for the chargers at this point, And mm. they don't have the luxury of doing that. So I, you know, an offensive tackle, I think makes the most sense for them. And I do. Uh, under, I, because, yeah. Come on. No, keep going. Uh, I was going to say like Beckton's my favorite tackle coming out of this class. I, yeah. I love, he's, he's this giant ball of clay. And obviously he's not, he is, he is raw, but if yeah. he's a good offensive line coach, like if Dante Skarnacki was still in the league right now, mm-hmm. I bet you he would be screaming in Belichick's ear to trade up for him right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things where if he's in a good situation with a good offensive line coach, he's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it would be really interesting. And again, I always believe in investing in the trenches. Either side is fine with me getting better there. You're going to be a better team overall, especially on the offensive side. So uh, one thing that I've seen a lot too, in many different mock drafts is Justin Herbert going in this spot. I, I don't like Justin Herbert, Derek. I know you don't like him, Justin. I don't, I don't remember, I don't think you like him too much either, but <laughs> this is, <Hate> him. <laughs> but this is a spot where you're seeing it a lot. So yeah. can you see, I mean, again, if, 
you're going to overdraft a quarterback in every situation except the number one overall pick because you can't overdraft him there. You have to assume that you take one. As we saw with the Giants taking Daniel Jones at six, no one was happy about that, but you found your guy. If you think he's going to be the guy for 10 or 15 years, that mm. is something that's possible. Do you, can you see? I mean, we can obviously see it, but how do you guys see the Chargers potentially, you know, looking at, you know, one of the two quarterbacks left in 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 Love and in, uh, in, in Herbert as well at this point? Um, I mean, he, if there's a quarterback that you want, you take him. It doesn't matter. Like it's the, the most important position in sports. Like you need a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You can't win. Like it's, we, we see week in, week out, week out now. Like it, they just, it's just such a difference maker. If you have a good quarterback between if you have an average quarterback or if you have a bad quarterback, you see yeah. the wins and losses, and you see all that. Yeah. 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 It, it makes sense. I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. number seven overall, we kind of, uh, kind of told everybody but the carolina panthers so like isaiah simmons linebacker slash something out of the <laughs> university of clemson hold that other mm-hmm. tiger um the odds are justin uh so yep. i mean this one seems pretty easy right best case yeah. scenario for mm-hmm. the panthers yeah it, and honestly it came down to him and jeffrey okuda um cornerback's a huge positional need for them but they need they they need to face the defense they need a guy in the middle or a guy that it's just a Swiss Army knife, a guy that you can throw at middle linebacker, right side linebacker, or uh, weak side linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, strong safety, free safety. He can cover. He can cover the slot corner. So he can do anything you need to do. And what kind of a better guy to grab right there than a guy who can just do it all? Yeah, you lose uh, Keekly. They also did lose Bradbury, obviously, again, to the mm-hmm. Giants. So I can understand mm-hmm. them going Okuda there as well. Derek, I mean, we've kind of talked about him a little bit, so we don't need to spend too much time. But yeah, losing Keekly and not quite replacing him because it's not the same yeah. thing. But as you said, kind of face the defense. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's already a fan favorite, being that Clemson's in South Carolina. You know, Charlotte, you know, Charlotte's not far away. Um, that adds to some excitement. You know, now that you lost Cam Newton, there's not as much fanfare there. So, you know, he just makes all the sense in the world, and he really is an incredible talent. It's a no-brainer pick. They should be running up to the podium if he's there. Well, can't do that this year. It's going to be virtual. Ah, yeah, true. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> they can slam be... the send button. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hammer the enter, hammer the return. Smashing it. Uh, I love it. Awesome. So uh, just to recap a little bit, we have Joe Burrow, one, Tristan Wirfs, two, Chase Young, three, Andrew Thomas, four to the Giants, two and five to the Dolphins, Becton to the Chargers at six, Simmons to the Panthers at seven. So... Mm. Derek, uh, the theme of the night is evens are Derek, and so are offensive tackles. The Cardinals at eight overall select Jedrick Wills, offensive yeah. tackle out of Alabama. Derek, um, yeah, first, I'm not why do you spend. love all these uh, <laughs> offensive tackles first? I have to ask that. It's the premium position. There's three, four premium positions. Quarterback, defensive end, offensive tackle, and like I was talking about before, now corner with how much they throw it around. Um if there is a guy that you think can man a blind side for, or, you know, honestly, either end for 10 years, you want to take him. And, um, you know, the Cardinals have kind of struck out with some draft prospects at um, offensive tackle and just in the line in general over the past few years. And, um, you know, Cliff Kingberry's offensive philosophy is push the ball down the field. Well, you need time to set up those plays. You know, those plays don't happen if, Kyler Murray gets hit, you know, under two seconds every time. So just makes sense. Um, you know, I think the fact that uh, they fleece the Texans out of DeAndre Hopkins eliminates mm-hmm. any chance of them taking like Jerry Judy or CD lamb here. Um, lamb was actually the one guy that I really was doing a lot before thought it would be fun to pair him with Kyler Murray, but you know, you just, 
you need protection. <laughs> so yeah. I just think that makes the most sense for them. Uh, so here's a question with a quarterback like Kyler Murray that, you know, a lot of quarterbacks now are, you know, quote unquote mobile. He yeah. a little bit more so than other. He scampers around there for a little bit longer. He runs around. Do you take that into account when, you know, as a GM or as, you know, just a, a, a guy on the internet on a Thursday <laughs> night picking, uh, you know, picks like how did you take that into account when seeing like, okay, this guy makes sense just for that, I guess, scramble factor a little bit more. That's literally what I was going to say. And I was going to congr congratulate Derek about making that pick because <laughs> yes, he, he's, he's only played right tackle. That's yeah. totally fine. in an offense with yeah. Tyler Murray, who's going to be scrambling all over the place. Like you need yeah. a guy who's going to be able to sustain his block and just hold his block for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And shout out to one of our uh, few viewers. Uh, we're actually up to 13 guys. I don't know who's oh, watching, but we appreciate all of you. Luke keeps yeah. texting me. Um, and he <laughs> said he really wanted Jedrick Willis uh, to go to the Dolphins if they did uh -huh. get Tua just because of that, you know, right tackle slash blindside effect, yeah. which could have been really helpful. But if he's going to the Cardinals, it is yeah, what it unfortunately, is. Right Wills is probably going to be long gone by the time the next mm -hmm. pick for the Dolphins comes up. It is what it is. So now we go to the number nine overall pick. Uh, <laughs> Justin got to pick. Did you guys do odds and evens so that Jared could get the Giants? Yeah. And get the, the Jags? Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Yeah. But I only got one of the Jaguars picks. So I, I, oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, so number nine overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Jeff Okuda, this cornerback out of Ohio State. I mean, we've obviously talked a lot about him. It's pretty easy. The Jags lost their top two cornerbacks last year uh Jalen Ramsey and then they just traded away AJ Boye um mm -hmm. yeah Justin how, how well do you think he actually fits into the defense and and again how how far is that learning curve for him to then become one of the best cornerbacks in the league so you guys can trade him away again in a couple years for a couple yeah. years <laughs> yeah thank you yeah I know my team is great um so it, it's just one of those things where like he's gonna play the same exact position as Jalen Ramsey he's gonna play that press man he's gonna be up in one of the receivers faces and then the kind of the rest of the defense is gonna kind of do their thing he's gonna be somewhat on an island it's one of the things that Jalen Ramsey complained about quite often was that he wasn't on an island 100 percent of the time he was on an island like 60 to 75 percent of the time so um, I, I think he comes in, he slots right in, he becomes a de facto number one. They have they have another good cornerback too in Trey Herndon. So um, they are hurting for corner. Um, yeah. But if you grab the uh, Jeff Okuda, it instantly makes that defense so much better because you still have some of the edge rush pending Yannick Ngakwe, but you still drafted Josh Allen last year. You still have some pretty good guys returning this year. So it'd be one of those things. Plus you have an arsenal of picks to, to kind of bolster the, more of that edge rush. I like it. Derek, mm -hmm. comments? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's really um, just a sh true shutdown corner. His um, his raw speed isn't as great as you would like it to be. I think it was like a four four eight, which is still good. But like, you compare that to Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward, both ran in like the low four threes. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, you see the picture of him at the combine. The way he's built, it's just like the perfect build for corner. He's got the size, he's got length and everything. And, you know, again, like I watched his progression, um, his first game, I think that he started was the cotton bowl against USC. And, um, that game he, sucked. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't the best, but you know, he still played, he's played really well. Um, he gave up some throws to Sam Darnold, but looked solid his sophomore year. He saw, saw more playing time but didn't really click until the Rose Bowl game against Washington and then you know this year is kind of like the same thing with Chase Young where he's a guy that everybody's kind of saying like this he could be a top 15 pick with a really good year well now he's you know he might end up actually being a top five pick that's just mm -hmm. the potential that he has so um you know that's, in the, elite... that's the point I was going to make is in a lot of these situations um 
the and many of the mock drafts you see, obviously, you know, with Chase Young going two, a lot of the times you see Okuda going three right to there. the, yeah. the Lions, which is yeah. incredible. I mean, Ohio State's defense, you know, uh, you know, Texas, you know, horns up always talks about being DBU, but like, let's be honest, like, no, it's not even close. It's, <laughs> it's not even Ohio a question. State, right? It is yeah. 100% Ohio State right now. Yeah, so, I think the argument comes down to either Ohio State or LSU. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even think it's. I still think it's Ohio State. Um, so Thank take you. that, take that, and run with it. Um, it is kind of funny though that the top three potential picks that could go Burrow, Young, Akuda would have all been taught by Urban Meyer. Yeah, yep. hell of a recruiter. And yeah, yeah, he teaches. He, he, he teaches life and uh, philosophy, and and he's he's a really good guy, all around great human being. So uh, so I don't know if he's to... still teaching the ethics <laughs> yeah. class at yeah, LSU. Say, yeah, let's, let's give that Gator chomp and hear it again. <laughs> let's go. Um, so back to our regularly scheduled programming of Derek picking evens and offensive <laughs> tackles. We have Derek taking the Cleveland Browns taking Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. I'll be honest, this is starting to get ridiculous. I know. I um, promise. This I is do the not one. think an offensive tackle. I don't think five will go in the top ten, which I could understand. Mm-hmm. but Houston like I, I don't know anything about this guy I'll be honest why do you think he's worthy of a top 10 pick um especially to a, a team that actually needs an offensive yeah. lineman and can't use like a project well again that's kind of this you know the Browns are actually a pretty well constructed team um except for their offensive line which is honestly just atrocious so you know you saw a regression last year in Baker Mayfield and I think part of that was like the play calling change but a lot of that stemmed from the fact that the protection was just so bad it had to speed everything up so I know he's like the you know he's like the best prospect from a small school um I think I read that he didn't allow a single sack over his last two years as a starter. And he was like a three-year starter or something like that. Um, He has the athleticism, four-year starter. Thank you. Um, So no sacks over his last two years. Um, Kept his quarterback upright. He's got really good um, athleticism. He has like the length that you're looking for, like the long arms, like the 6'6 body, the lean 6'6 body at 213, 215, something like that. Um, you know, is he going to take a little bit of time to adjust to the league? Yeah, probably, you know, like that is a really big jump to go from Houston to the NFL. Maybe you start him off on the right side, but, and maybe he is a little bit of a developmental player, but I think his upside really warrants it. And again, it's, you know, the Browns have some holes, but I think for the most part, offensive line is like easily their most pressing need, make the pick and just, you know, trust your trust your coaches to coach them up. I was going to say, normally I would, I would rip into Derek for this pick because it's it, <laughs> on the outside looking in, it looks like a terrible pick, but at the same yeah. time, this guy crushed the senior bowl. Like he was, he mm. was dominant over yeah. there. And it, it, it's just one of those things because he was a uh, four-year starter there every single year. He had different offensive line coach. So he always had a different voice in his head, just constantly telling him something different to do. So it could be one of those things that either stunted his growth as a, as a, as mm-hmm. a left tackle um, so it, it, it remains to be seen how good he can be, but I know that he's one of those PFF darlings and Derek, I yeah. love that. So, um, <laughs> it's just one of those things where we'll, we'll kind of see how he does once he kind of gets thrown into the, the spotlight yeah. of being in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I think 10 is probably a little bit ambitious for him. I think mm. the Browns are probably hoping that wills or Becton fall to them. Um, 
But, you know, that's just the way it worked out in this draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with you only taking offensive linemen. Yes, that's the, end. That's, that's the way. It, it changes eventually. Don't worry. I know yeah, it does. Gosh. I know it does. So one thing I would say, you know, we, I've actually been hearing a little bit today. I, I can't remember who said it. It might have been uh, one of the guys from NFL, Rappaport, um, Gareth Farrell or Palisario. One of them said the Browns are looking to actually trade back with the yeah. Buccaneers or the Broncos just to, so that they can get, if if not this gentleman, uh, the guy from uh, yeah, Boise State. Boise State. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland to Cleveland, I think, would just be, I mean, yeah. that's fun. That's a T-shirt, right? So yeah. CJ, if yeah. you're watching, make that T-shirt. I would say also, <laughs> and, I, and I can't take credit for this because I think it was Ian Rappaport that, or Adam Schefter, one of the two that, that kind of looked it up. It would be the fifth time ever that a, a team with the name of the city would have been drafted by that player. So like Ezra Cleveland right. or the Cleveland Browns, which is one, yeah. And it, That's I funny. can't even remember the other four guys because they yeah. were all <laughs> nothing noticeable. But it'll yeah. be pretty cool though. But yeah, I I, I understand. Again, I, I will always say offensive line, defensive line, forever and always mm-hmm. might be a little bit of a stretch. But you you both yeah. seem to agree here, and the way that mm-hmm. everything fell, it, it makes sense. But I do think that's another prime spot for someone to trade back, yeah. such as the Browns to trade back. Yeah, and uh, so that way, when the run on wide receivers does start it might start a little bit earlier. So mm-hmm. um, Justin is odds and he has the New York jets taking Jerry Judy at number 11 wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, is he the clear cut number one or could you see CD lamb going here as well? No, actually I prefer CD lamb. Um, there's one thing that Adam days, Adam Gase is going to be looking more, more at than the other than, than like CD lamb or Jerry or uh, Henry Ruggs. Jerry Judy is the best route runner in this class. Um, so even Adam Gase can't mess that up with him getting open. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of what, I mean, it's not what he's going to be looking at, but it's it's one of those factors where he's going to be looking at him and C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs and be like, okay, well, Ruggs is the speed guy. Um, C.D. Lamb is that DeAndre Hopkins, that 4 five, 40 kind of speed, but he's going to be a beast of the middle and yards under the catch. Um, but Jerry Judy, he, I mean, I'll, I'll always be a C.D. Lamb guy through and through, but Jerry Judy is that clear-cut 1B. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, I think Jerry Judy, again, watching a lot of Alabama, um, watching a lot of uh, just CBS. I mean, Alabama is pretty much always on if it's not Florida. Um, mm-hmm. It was just so enjoyable to watch those four guys, essentially, or yeah. uh, five. No, four. Um, four. So, we, yeah. So you had Jerry Judy, you had Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith, and, and Jalen Waddle. Still incredible. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. he's still yeah. really, really good. Probably going to be a second round pick next year, I'm assuming. Same Smith. He'll be first. You think yeah, Smith? Yeah, Smith yeah, the, gonna they're, they're both, like, he's that good. It's going to yeah. be. It's going to be insane. So I mean, maybe you know, to, having two a throw to you, and you know, you know, it's the chicken or the egg. Which one? Which mm-hmm. one came first? Kind of thing. But I think it was just so much fun to watch, and I think that part's pretty fun too. So the Jets, yes, they need yeah. a wide receiver. They do have to help Sam Darnold. They also don't have a very great offensive line. I know they've done a couple things to improve that this year, but. I mean, again, the way the board fell, if we're taking, you know, some dude out of Houston at number 10, it's going to be a little difficult. But in in other situations, can you see them instead of, you know, foregoing the wide receiver to potentially take one of the top four offensive tackles if they're still on the board? Yeah, if this was my pick, it would have been an offensive tackle. <laughs> well, we know that. Derek. That's easy. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that it's it's got to be one of the two. Um, I don't know. The receiver class is pretty deep this year so maybe the jets feel like they can grab um like a tackle that falls to them at 11 and maybe get a receiver in the second round um but you know the way it works here jerry judy really works perfectly you know you're you know you're in trouble when jameson crowder is your number one receiver so you got to fix that somehow and um i agree with justin i think that you know gase looks more for precision route running than he wants like pure explosiveness or speed and judy's like one of the best route runners i've ever seen coming out of college 
Yeah, he was he was so much fun. So I will um I'll make my my plug here. Uh, I don't really believe in taking wide receivers in the first round. I mean, <laughs> it's more of and yes, you, Justin always makes the argument. Well, what about Calvin Johnson? Well, yes, how many Calvin Johnsons exist? There's him. Um, you know, Julio Jones obviously. He's, he's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean, there, there's a handful of wide receivers that 100% deserve to be picked in the first round, especially in a draft like this. When, especially with these teams in the top 10, the top 15 that have all these extra needs, do you think it would behoove them to find one of the other best players on the board where then you can find a legitimate starter in the third round because this draft is going to be so deep? Not when you're, I don't know. I think when you have the best option or like the best player at one position that, I mean, Judy could honestly go a few picks before this too. So I think Mm -hmm. that you're getting good value for him here and you know, it's it's not like it wouldn't be like taking like the third or fourth best offensive tackle. You're getting the number one receiver, mm-hmm. so I think it makes sense. It makes sense, Justin. Um, I would say, I mean, if if, if the draft fell this way, I w- if I'm the Jets, I'm trading back because I need a left tackle. I need offensive line. Sam Darnold's going to get absolutely crazy. The David Carr factor once again. It's going to come back to one of those things where he's taking 50, 60, 70 sacks a year. Um, and he's just not going to be the same kind of a quarterback. And you need to give him some kind of a weapon to throw to. Uh, even if it's just one of those things like Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, they just have that special bond where yeah. Deshaun's rolling one way. He just throws it because he knows that DeAndre's going to go up and make a play. Mm-hmm. Even though he's out, he's outside the pocket constantly all the time because Bill O'Brien just can't, he just can't protect him well enough. He, he, mm-hmm. he keeps bringing all these other guys. It's just, I mean, you bring in Tunsil, Tunsil looks pretty good. You bring Titus, Titus Howard at, or yeah, Titus from, uh, from Howard last year. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just didn't work out. So, mm. um, I would trade back if it fell this way to me. Also, I mean, they still have a bunch of holes all of the offensive line at yeah. tight end, at receiver. Running back doesn't look that great with Le'Veon Bell there. They still need, they still have holes at corner. So, I mean, you can kind of go any way, but at this point, you might as well just bring in the best player available. Bless, Bless you. you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the best player available. That is a, a pretty good, I mean, if you're this bad constantly, mm. Just yeah. start taking the best possible players because that's how you're going to get better. Um, I mean, again, I think Jerry Judy's incredible. I think he's amazing, but especially with this deep of a class and with the Jets, as we've been saying, as you guys have been saying, so many holes. I can understand them, yeah, trading back or even just picking somebody else. Uh, yeah. But again, it's understandable, and Jerry Judy is absolutely incredible. So, Derek, first yeah. pick all night that is not on <laughs> something different. Number 12, the former Oakland soon to be Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I don't know if Jeremy's still watching, if he was watching at all, but I'm curious what he thinks about this pick as well. So Derek, tell us, tell us about someone that's not an offensive tackle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's just an alluded to with the previous pick. Um, I think C lamb might have a bit more upside than Jerry Judy does. Um, you know, he kind of gets labeled as just like um, the top of the tree route runner, but he's not. He can really run everything. He might not be as great as Judy is with it, but, you know, what you really want, what you get with a guy like CeeDee Lamb is somebody who can just take any catch to the house. Um, there's one play that sticks out to me against, I think it was Texas last year, where he runs a slant in and about four guys surround him, and he manages to just cut it outside and go up the sideline for like a 45-yard touchdown. And you know, his, his 40 time, I think was like in the four five. So it's not like you would actually think he's like overly explosive, but 
I mean, he was like the only one who could do anything against um, LSU's really stingy secondary. You know, he gets open downfield. He can take any short catch to the house. Um, the Raiders really just don't have that kind of an explosive element. And I think that, you know, if you got a guy like him, it does wonders for, you know, Josh Jacobs too in the run game. So it's kind of just like that win-win. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Justin? Yeah, he, he just has, he has the best vision of any receiver that you're going to see coming on this year's draft. Like yeah. he'll catch a ball and then he has eyes in the back of his head where he knows that he can stop on a dime and just kind of just, just buoy around it. Just, just kind of just go around him just a little bit. And then he's got mm-hmm. to the house. So, um, and I know that, I mean, just going off of, I mean, these years of watching NFL Network and watching Mike Mayock and the guys that he alludes to, mm-hmm. he wants dogs. And CeeDee Lamb yeah. is that kind of a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to run block. He's going to do everything that you need to do yeah. um, to put your team in the best position to win. I love that. And uh, so we have a couple more viewers and another comment from our favorite viewer, Luke. He says, <laughs> uh, Luke's been stuck at home like all of us. So, and he loved <laughs> the fact that the Dolphins have so many first round picks. He's been doing a lot of mocks and listening to a lot of mocks. He says, I've listened to a lot of lock draft analysis this month. And I got to say, you guys are better. So, shout out, Luke. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate it. I always appreciate hey, yes. the kind words. Yes, yes, right, Paz. I'll um, send you my Venmo so you can tip me after this. <laughs> yeah. Instead oh, <laughs> of these picks, maybe I could throw up uh, our Venmo. Um, our Venmo uh, accounts down here. So with there the 13th overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Super Bowl losers, NFC champion winners, it's like <laughs> Eric Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Odds are Justin. Justin, tell us about him. Yeah. So um, this is just one of those things where, I mean, Derek and I kind of, Derek and I kind of disagree on him a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah. higher on Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. I am Derek Brown. And the, the biggest thing for me is Derek Brown looks more like a run stuffing defensive tackle. And he's not a guy I would, t- I would take in the top 10. Like if, if he falls to the nine to Jaguars and the Jaguars take him over other players, I'm going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> um, just watching him, he, he can't get off of double teams. So instantly he's going to become a guy on the San Francisco 49ers where he's not going to get double teamed because their depth of defensive line is going to be incredible. So it's going to put him in the best position to succeed. Um, I, I think that this is like the best fit for him. It's one of the reasons why the 49ers traded up and they traded, uh, they traded, um, was it Eric? No, they traded, uh, they kept Eric Armstead. They traded. Um, Buckner. Oh, thank yeah, you. You Buckner look like Colts. idiots. Yeah, thank you so much for knowing that. <laughs> There's so much um, NFL news that's happened recently. It's hard to keep it all straight. <laughs> yeah. I also kind of want to go outside and do something. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so I, I think that this is, this is a fantastic spot for him to kind of slot in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, like you alluded to, um, he's going to see a lot of one-on-ones, um, you know, to me, he's a true three technique. You line him up over the shoulder of the guard and let him shoot the gap. He's not a nose tackle. He's not going to command, you know, multiple blockers. But if you put him in like, you know, one-on-one scenarios to rush the passer, he can collapse the pocket. And quarterbacks, I think, hate that more than someone coming off the edge of someone right in their face because they can't step up. So, um, you know, with how far, what is that? Yeah, 13th pick, you know, Mm That this makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. And so one thing, I think this is a really interesting uh, spot to talk about this too. I mean, earlier, like right after the Super Bowl and right after the national championship, Derek Brown was being projected in the top four. You know, we, yeah. I, you and I both talked about him potentially being on the Giants and now potentially dropping back into the teens. What did people see through this draft season, let's call it, that, you know, he could potentially drop up to 10 spots in, in, in a situation like this? It's going to be neat and fit. Uh, yeah. Go, just going back, I just think he's a run-stuffing defensive tackle. He's not a guy that I'm going to take that early. Where 
as a Javon Kinlaw has more pass rush upside to him and you can kind of get after the quarterback. And that's a kind of, that's a guy that I would take in the top five, the top 10. Obviously he's got his own little flaws as well, but um, Derek Brown just looks like that kind of guy who just, he's, he's a good run stuffer, but he doesn't handle double teams well. So it just seems like a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And you know, defensive tackle isn't necessarily a big position of need. Um, you know, they tend to get pushed down the draft board a little bit, unless you're like a really special talent, like Indomit and Sue or something like that. Or, you know, Aaron Donald probably should have been mm-hmm. like a top five pick, but yeah. um, you, that's exactly it. You know, he was a really good talent coming out and he got picked like 11, 12, 13, something like that. So, you know, it's just kind of how teams value certain positions. If I'm not mistaken, he had short arms, right? Something yeah. like that. And he's only yeah. like, he, six no, he, he was, he was short. Not yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, jokes on everybody but, else because he signed yeah, he's signed up. Incredible. And they took Glenn Robinson with a number two overall pick um, ahead of Aaron Donald. So even the Rams mm-hmm. didn't see him as this kind of a player. Well, yeah. he's there now, and I'm sure they'll cut him uh, in the upcoming months. So with the 14th <laughs> overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Brady's, the 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 Tampa Bay Brady's, uh, they t- select Christian Fulton, cornerback. Percy Tan. Uh, Chrissy to him. <laughs> <laughs> Out of LSU, one of the DBUs. Uh, Derek, again, no offensive tackle. This is kind of sad. I was getting to enjoy that, but tell us a little bit about Christian Fulton. Well, it's funny because I actually did want an offensive tackle because that's the Buccaneers' biggest need. Um, it's been a problem with them for a while. I think it's part of the reason why Jameis really struggled was because his protection was so bad and he just kind of – you know, he probably, he kind of does suck too, but you know, I think <laughs> it was part of the fact that he was being rushed a lot that he just kind of let the ball rip before he was ready. Um, and you know, Brady's what 43 now. I mean, he's getting old. He needs, um, you know, a good left tackle. So that's kind of who I really wanted. But at this point, there's not a co- um, one I'd feel comfortable with like um, Ezra Cleveland or Austin Jackson, not somebody mm-hmm. I would want, you know, here at 14. So, kind of just look to their next biggest need, which is in the secondary. Um, I think that Fulton's probably actually like the third best corner after CJ Henderson, but I think Fulton's more scheme versatile and, you know, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles likes to mix up his coverages and isn't Mm -hmm. just going to leave him on an Island. So I think the fact that he has more scheme versatility over Henderson is why I went with him here. Mm-hmm. And the, and the other thing going off, of, the biggest thing with Henderson is that he doesn't tackle. It's not yeah, even that he's, that's, he's not yeah. even willing to tackle. Yeah, he's and Bruce really, Arians is not it. a coach that's going to stand for that either. So that would just be a you know personality, personality mm-hmm. clashing with each other. Mm-hmm. So I think exactly. Fulton is like a bit of a more, uh, maybe not safe, but versatile, mm-hmm. versatile pick here. And yeah. So- I was going to say, we talked about it a little bit with, you know, right here would be a great spot if the the, the Browns and the Bucks potentially flip-flopping yeah. um, picks mm-hmm. or, or players because, you know, however that works. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity there, I know I've seen recently that O.J. Howard is potentially on the market. I think I saw that yesterday or, or today maybe. I mean, they signed Cameron Brait to a really weird like six for 40 or something, like a yeah. really wacky contract for football. I never understood <laughs> why they needed OJ Howard, considering they had Cameron Braid, I think he was great. And now with the you know rumors um, running amok about Rob Gronkowski, you don't need three tight ends no. potentially, which would be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Justin, I'm sorry, you were going to say something? Well, I, well, kind of just going off of what you just said there, I don't think there's a way that they trade OJ Howard unless they get blown away with something. Like Tom yeah. Brady loves his tight end. Yeah. Why would you take it? And like, Tom Brady was at his best when he had two tight ends with Aaron mm-hmm. Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. So why would you take away that option for him? I get that there's there's too many mouths to feed in, especially when you add a running back in. Hopefully they add a running back in. 
yeah. it, it, it's going to do worlds for that offense. Uh, but just like Derek said, they need a left tackle. They need somebody that can protect Tom Brady's blind side because he can't mm. sustain that many hits. Right. And how much better do you think the defense is going to be, you know, minus 18 to 20 interceptions? <laughs> yeah, true. Right? Right. <laughs> like if the defense is on the field that much longer, Jameis threw 30 interceptions last year, if not 31, if I'm not, I think, no, it was no, 30. 30. It was, it was 30. 30, 30. Uh, it was the pick six. It was the pick six. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, Tom Brady's what? He's going to throw 10, 12 picks maybe. And it'll yeah. be like one game with three picks. So, you know, yeah. it's really, it's really not even going to be that crazy. So, I mean, how much the defense was solid last year, but how much better do you guys think they're going to be if, you know, they, they don't have to deal with constantly coming back onto the field only a couple plays after just being out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you give, it kind of feeds off each other. You know, if you give, um, why is his name escaping me? The pass rusher, uh, Shaq Barrett, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if, if he's, if quarterbacks have to spend more time in the pocket because you have somebody like Christian Fulton blanketing your number one receiver, that leads to more opportunities for them too. So, you know, that's just how like the defenses work off of each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, Don't they could, about they the, could... the three fingered wonder either. Yeah. yeah. Jason Pierre <laughs> And they read and yeah, Duncan too. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have, they have the push up, they have everything they need. They just can't go with Jamel Dean and Sean Bunting Murphy as their corner. Exactly. Their corners. Like they yeah, they, they need somebody who there. can, yeah love it good stuff who did who did they take um from florida a couple years ago when the giants yeah didn't he get cut last year or something yeah he was bad bad. yeah turns out uh, out having a five nine corner at your you know outside corner (laughs) isn't a good idea surprise (laughs) learn something new every day um so we are now to the 15th pick almost halfway through the denver broncos select henry ruggs the third wide receiver out of alabama justin tell us a little about henry ruggs Yep. Uh, I mean, he kind of looks like a Tyreek Hill clone, just a little bit taller uh, and just not as thick. Yeah. Um, How many seeds? And better uh, route runner, too. And better route runner, yeah. Um, And he doesn't have the off-field issues that Tyreek Hill had. (laughs) So um, it's just one of those things where you have a number one wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. And the best thing for Tyreek Hill is having a number one guy in Travis Kelsey. You have have those other options that he can just kind of utilize his speed. But going off of what Derek said, he has the route running ability. He's just a better route runner than yeah. than Tyreek Hill was when he was coming out of college. So, um, kind of slotting into the spot and just matching up with Drew Locke, I think it's kind of a match made in heaven for them. And I think it's one of the reasons why the Broncos are desperately trying so hard to move up in the draft to try and yeah. grab one of these top three uh, wide, uh, wide receivers. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, I mean, again, the only other position I could really see them maybe going here is offensive tackle because Garrett Bowles might be the worst left tackle I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So, but again, I, it's still too early for me to take a guy like uh, Ezra Cleveland or Austin Jackson. And, you know, Ruggs adds a speed element that Cortland Sutton doesn't have. Um, so you get a little bit of dynamic um, playmakers at, this, uh, at that position. Makes sense. And and so I mean you see it you know Drew Locke no is not Patrick Mahomes but man he can make right. a lot of different throws and he's a lot yeah. of fun out there and we've seen what Patrick Mahomes can do with Tyree Kill um, and then you, as Justin said with Travis Kelsey so you can have Cortland Sutton you can have Henry Ruggs and Derek I asked you this question earlier so I ask it to Justin kind of knowing the answer is it worth it to take the third best wide receiver at 15 overall, as we were talking about before taking potentially the third best tackle at six, like the, is the third best wide receiver that much better than any of these other areas in need? 
I think he's a little bit different just because he has this speed factor that some of these other guys don't have. And yes, I mean, you have Brandon Ayuk and you have some other wide receivers who are just incredibly fast. But Henry Ruggs has the route running and the route tree to come with it, plus coming from a great offense in Alabama. Um, so that, that kind of pushes him up a little bit. And that's why, yes, you have a 1B and a 1C or 1A and 1B in CD Lamb and Jerry Judy, but Henry Ruggs is kind of right there. And then Yeah, there's in, not much of a drop-off. Yeah, and then I'll say into that fourth slot you have Justin Jefferson. So you like you have this top four of these incredibly elite wide receivers, and then like there's a little bit of a drop off. It's not mm-hmm. too much. It kind of depends on what kind of a receiver you're looking for. But yeah. um, I, I think that this is kind of the best fit. This is this is the one that they're trading up for. Like they they would obviously love CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, but this is the kind of receiver that they need to kind of push their offense to the next level. Yep. That makes sense. And one thing that I actually heard earlier today, having another conversation with someone was if Henry Ruggs was in last year's draft class, he would have been the number one wide receiver mm-hmm. yeah. probably by a mile. I mean, who was in last year? We had uh JJ Thago Whiteside, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Well, the last couple of years, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. yeah. And Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood Brown yeah Henry Ruggs is better than all of them. <laughs> exactly. So like, yeah, even though he's the third best wide receiver in this class, like he mm-hmm. would have easily been the number one best uh, the wide receiver in last class, uh, which is, I mean, it makes sense again, if he is overall, one of the better prospects are just going to take him here. Um, and so halfway through the draft, we are going back to Derek. Unfortunately, no offensive tackle <laughs> Falcons mm-hmm. taking, let me see if I can get it. Clavon chase on. Clavon. Ah, man. Clavon chased on edge rusher out of hold that tiger LSU. Derek, tell us a little bit about, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to mess it up again. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a really intriguing prospect. And I think before the run he had at the end of the last year, um, you know, including how he performed in the sec championship game and the playoffs. Um, he was a guy probably, you see middle to early second round, but he's kind of been pushed up draft boards. Um, if you look at it, the edge rusher class this year really is pretty, it's not great at the top. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually, I think, a, I mean, obviously a guy like Chase, you know, and there's going to be a drop off in talent after that, but there's like a big drop off in talent to, to the next best guy. I actually think this might be a little bit too high for Jason um, personally, but you know, a lot of people seem to think this makes sense. Um, the Falcons absolutely need a pass rusher. Um, Tack McKinnis has not been anything uh-huh. to write home about. Um, I think they cut Vic Beasley or traded him. Yeah, he's on the Titans. He's on the Titans mm-hmm. now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they signed Dante Fowler to a giant deal, but we know. Yeah, I, and I just, don't, you know, who knows how effective he'll be. Um, you know, Chasen has everything you're looking for. He's got the long, lean body. He's really explosive. He's just more of an athlete right now playing football than um, like a true pass rusher. So, I think he's got development. You'd like to think that a defensive-minded coach like Dan Quinn, who's you know coached up some pretty good pass rushers, can get out of him. Um, and I just think that you know that's really been their biggest weakness. Um, I think corner could be in play here too, maybe with uh, them getting rid of um, Trufant, but. Mm-hmm. You know, pass rusher has just been such an issue with them for years. And when you play in a division that has um, now Tom Brady, that has Drew Brees, that, you know, who knows what the uh, Panthers are going to do in the next couple of years at the quarterback position, you need pass rushers. So you just got to take a chance with them here. I get that. Justin, how do you like him? Um, I like him more than Derek does. I think he's one of those edge rushers because it's Chase Young and then Chase on. And then after that, there's just these – 
Uh, yeah. A couple of guys that are pretty good at rushing the passer. Like Chase Young could be the best edge rusher in this class. Not to say that, I mean, Chase Young is going to be the best defensive end, but because Chase Young has like this arsenal of pass rushing moves, like he has a whole bunch of these different little, little techniques just mastered. And he's great at getting after the quarterback. You kind of see, honestly, a little bit more production out of it. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's there, he's getting the pressures. He's just not getting yeah. sacks. Yeah. Kind of like that, that Olivier Vernon a little bit mm-hmm. you know, like that. But he, yeah. it's kind of funny. Even watching him, he looks like Alan Smith. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like obviously trying to make a comeback. It'll be interesting to see how he does with the Cowboys, but um, just a phenomenal getting after the quarterback. But you gotta you gotta hold up against the run too. Yeah, but that uh, that's awesome. And ladies ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a segue right to the Cowboys at seventeen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it Xavier or Xavier McKinney? Xavier mm-hmm. McKinney, safety out of Alabama. Tell us mm-hmm. about him, Justin. Yeah, he's um, – it's funny. I've, I've been talking about him with Derek for a while because I'm getting kind of getting to the point now where I would be okay with them trading back a few slots and selecting him right around this area. Like if they can nab him at 20, that'd be perfect. But he's just one of those guys – no, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would say if the Jaguars are going to get him at 20, that'd be perfect. But um, at 17, I think it's the perfect spot for him. Um, Jerry Jones has tried trading after tried trading for Jamal Adams. So he's tried getting a safety. He wants that, that playmaker that can play the back half of the field. Um, the nice thing with Xavier McKinney is Nick Saban lined him up all over the place. He was playing slot corner. He was playing strong safety. He was playing free safety. So he has that production of being all over the field where it's going to kind of just fit. And he's going to come into this situation where they lost Byron Jones. So they're going to lose some of that leadership. They're going to lose some of that production, but you're going to have a guy that can kind of make up that difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Derek. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's just a pick that makes a lot of sense here. The Cowboys can go in a lot of different directions, whether it's um, defensive line, maybe like someone like Javon Kinlaw makes sense to them here. Um, Receiver maybe even, you know, if they really don't feel like they're going to be keeping Amari Cooper around for too long. Um, There's a few options that they could go here, but I think McKinney is one of the best players on the board. It makes a ton of sense here in a, you know, an area where the Cowboys have struggled the past couple Mm -hmm. of years too. And so, so with that, what we've seen a lot out of Alabama defensive backs, Nick Saban kind of mm-hmm. being a whisperer in that front, you've obviously seen some great ones, right? Like yeah. uh, Marlon Humphreys, if I'm not mistaken, recently, absolutely incredible. Minka Fitzpatrick. But then, Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. absolutely incredible. But then we've seen the D milliners of the world who just yeah. turned out to be complete bus. What is the, I guess, you know, we'll call it, I don't want to say bust factor because I want everyone to be good except for Cowboys and Eagles and Patriots essentially. <laughs> but like, what, mm-hmm. what do you think his potential is to maybe not live up to that and really was more of a product of Nick Saban being in his ear constantly versus being like actually that great of a defensive back? I think it's because he played the Minka Fitzpatrick role that that's the exact mm-hmm. same role that he played the last couple of years. So you came in and you, did, you didn't lose a step. Like he just came in. Um, and just look the part, played the part, did everything he needed to do. And Nick Saban is just one of those guys where, yes, Nick Saban loves his players, but this is one of those guys that he has like a like a special place in his heart for him. Yeah, yeah, you can play him in a lot of different positions, whether it's down in the box, whether it's you know roaming center field. You can put him on uh, tight ends in the slot. You know he's going to be able to cover those kinds of guys. Mm-hmm. All right, very cool. So number eighteen. Overall, the Miami Dolphins, their second first round pick, take T. Higgins, wide receiver out, out of Clemson. No, he's not happy about this one, and I'll let you guys know about it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's not. He's not excited. Um, I'll let you know. Okay. But why do you think? Why do you think is T. Higgins really only three picks less as good? That's a terrible way of saying it. Do you think T. Higgins is three picks away from being Henry Ruggs? Um. No, T. Higgins is probably a little bit further down, but, you know, I think that 
you look at the Dolphins, um, some big offensive needs. I think they need another wide receiver. Um, Devontae Parker's only had one good year, and that was last year. So can he keep that up? I don't know. Um, they have Mike Kosecki, who's another good receiving threat, but, you know, obviously he's a tight end. Um, Grant. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's like these guys after Devontae Parker, they're not anything to write home about, you know. Um trying to think who else they have like alan hearns i think um and, so and why, albert also, wilson i mean i just i just don't think that they have a really viable second option and i think higgins is actually good enough that he could be a first option um you know his freshman year at clemson i think 50 catches for a thousand yards exactly and like 11 touchdowns he's put mm-hmm. up that consistent production i know he's not going against like the best corners in the league um, or in the country, you know, playing in the ACC, but you know, he's still dominated. And I think that it's almost like how um, the Buccaneers constructed their offense. You know, you just get like three guys who are all like that six, four, six, five range, and you just go up and get it. You know, it's, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for a rookie quarterback, like Tua to acclimate to that rather than, you know, trying to have him learn the playbook immediately and um, be able to go out there and throw on time as a rookie. So I just think that it makes a little bit more sense than maybe some of the other guys that are available. Why T Higgins over Justin Jefferson? Like I said, I think that Higgins just kind of would give a height factor to the offense that just, you know, is really good. They kind of struggle in the red zone a little bit last year. You just add another threat to that. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, Higgins was a multi-year starter. He put up numbers um, all three years. And, you know, Jefferson really only came on this year. And, again, it's like, is it the Joe Brady factor? Like, you know, he ran a really good 40, but I don't think he plays as fast as his 40 time. So I think he's still kind of stiff. I think that Higgins is probably just a little bit more advanced. Maybe yeah. Jefferson's yeah. upside is better, but I just think Higgins makes – sense for the dolphins the one the one thing i would say about this pick is you won't see it mocked in too many spots but you won't find this big of a receiver layer in the draft you're going to find a lot of these six foot six foot one wide receivers but you're not going to find a guy who's six four who can go up and get all those contested catches he's going to be a red zone threat he's going to be an instant impact wide receiver yeah, um, I mean, so, uh, his, his player you know, comp is DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think he's as athletic as that. I think he's probably a little closer to, like, Allen Robinson. But that's I, I still a really good option. Yeah, and I think that that's mm-hmm. a really good option to have on your team. <laughs> yeah, all three of those comps would be pretty solid, especially Allen Robinson if he had a real quarterback. Man, that would be yeah. so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So, yeah, Luke wanted a safety, and then I think he actually left because he was so angry. He did not want to be near there at all. But joke's on him. Maybe he should. Maybe I should have invited him on here instead, but I did not. Um, so odds are Justin Raiders, the mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. This is their second pick, if I'm not mistaken. C.J. Henderson, yep. cornerback yep. out of the University of Florida. Tell us about him, Justin. Yeah. Um, he's the best athlete playing cornerback in this year's draft. Um, obviously you have Okuda who's in a league of his own, mm-hmm. um, but Henderson is coverage ability is just as good, if not better than Okuda's because yeah. biggest knock. And it's always going to be one of those, one of those things. It's going to be how hard does he want to play? How physical is he going to get? Is he going to come up? Is he, is he, is he going to tackle? Cause Gruden won't put up with that. He, right. he, he wants you in there. He wants you. That, that's one of the reasons why I almost thought of even, not taking Henderson here and going with an AJ Terrell mm-hmm. out of Clemson just because Mayock and Gruden love those kids out of Clemson. But I think for the fact that you can take 
Henderson and you can put him on an island and he can kind of do his thing, I, I think it's a match made in heaven for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that this is a really good pick. Um, you know, he is just one of those guys that wants to be challenged. He wants to go against the best and be on an island, and he's got the ability to do it. It's just like you said, will his personality's kind of got like that Deion Sanders reluctance to come up and make a tackle, but. You know, as Dion said, you don't pay cornerbacks to tackle. So, <laughs> <laughs> look good, feel good, feel good, play good, man. Doesn't there you go. <laughs> get paid. Plus, like it would be really, just the way the mock has has, has kind yeah. of come down. It would be awesome to see CD Lamb against CJ Henderson in practice. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not what? they're going to make each other better. It, it's just one of those things that if, if this is the kind of the way that their draft full unfolded, then I think that they would be pretty ecstatic about it. I think yeah. uh, that would be pretty interesting. So we're getting down uh, to it. I mean, at this point, we're really we're projecting a lot, right? We already mm-hmm. got a lot of the picks ahead of this yeah. round just because that's how it works. There's going to be a lot of, um, there's going to be a lot of trades. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on. But I mean, at this point, you're really looking at position, who's left and the fit and what really the team needs in my opinion. So you guys tell me if I'm wrong there, but uh, 20. So this is Derek. So we'll absolutely have mm-hmm. Justin comment on this. He said mm-hmm. he was pretty high on this guy. So Jacksonville Jaguars take Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Yeah, and just to clarify, these are these picks are what we would do if we were the GM mm-hmm. for each team. So um, I'll take you know responsibility for some of the craziness of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, kind of you know, we talked about Kinlaw a little bit when we talked about Derek Brown. Um, first of all, if you haven't like read this dude's story, you absolutely have to check it out. Essentially, he was like homeless and just had a pretty terrible life uh, growing up until he got to South Carolina. He had to go like through the Juco route. Um, and he just is a guy you really kind of want to root for, but he is incredibly athletic. Um, I think if he was more developed as a football player, there'd be almost no doubt that he goes in the top five to seven picks. Um, he's really scheme versatile. He can play defensive tackle or on obvious, um, pass rushing situations he can kick outside and mm-hmm. um you know the jaguars do need some help they've invested a little bit into deep well justin would know this probably better than i do but um you know Taven Bryan, i don't think has worked out at all um you don't have marcel darius anymore correct <laughs> yeah. so no, you know no, yeah so you know a guy like kinlaw can come in um really make a pretty big impact from day one um you know and he's just a guy that it just he he has a lot of upside and you know you you just are tantalized by his skill set and if you can get the most out of him you've got a pro bowl player mm-hmm. yeah Justin? i i think he's the best pass rushing defensive tackle you're gonna find this in this draft yeah um and it's funny because the drop off from the top two defensive tackles to the next one is it, it's massive like you're, yeah. you're not gonna find a guy like this later in the draft no. Um, whereas with wide receiver, with the way how deep the wide receiver class and the cornerback class in this in this draft, um, it just it just won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you take the best player available, which I think is Javon Kinlaw, and I would honestly be okay with them taking him at nine, just because I think he's that much of, of an impact starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and you always just need defensive linemen. You know, you just mm-hmm. want to load up on them. Yeah, yeah. but I, the, one of the things though, and I understand. David Bryan hasn't played well, but at some point last year, something kind of clicked with him. And I'm not sure if it's a little bit of a position change because um, he started playing a little bit more three technique instead of five technique. So they were playing him a little more inside than outside, which is kind of what he was doing mm-hmm. at Florida right? Um, when he was such a high high recruit or high prospect. Um, so I think that this, this sort of almost makes sense because they also lost Calais Campbell. So they can kind yeah. of kick Kinlaw out a little bit and kind of play mm-hmm. that big defensive end a little bit. And then when they need to, you move him inside or vice versa. 
Yeah, um, exactly. I, I kind of work out for them. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things where he's versatile. He's not a tweener. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's a really important distinction to make with these kinds of guys. And mm -hmm. you always want versatile guys. You always want pass mm -hmm. rushers. As mm -hmm. we've talked about multiple times this, you need a quarterback, yeah. you need and then offensive and defensive line. And then, you know, as we've been talking a little bit about cornerbacks as well because mm -hmm. of how much they throw it. So um, the opposite of a cornerback, in my opinion, is a wide receiver. And that is <laughs> the Eagles. Thank you, guys. The Eagles uh -huh. taking Justin Jefferson wide receiver out of LSU, which was it the it was the Oklahoma State or the Oklahoma game where he had like four touchdowns or something yeah. ridiculous mm -hmm. in like the first half it felt like i don't think it was but it felt like the first yeah. half it dropped almost 70 points tell us a little bit about justin jefferson um he looks like greg jennings and it's kind of funny because you watch him and you're like whoa okay there's that he, he's just he's masterful at route running like he's great at getting open and it could be one of those things where it kind of comes back to joe brady a little bit and yeah. the way he schemed everything but i mean jefferson looks apart and the, the eagles are so desperate for wide receivers right now that they will literally take anybody um, yeah. as long as they can ship the anonymous source of Alshon Jeffrey out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Derek? Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much exactly what Justin said. Wide receivers got to be their most pressing need. And at this point, you know, Jefferson, this like really fits the range for him. And mm. even if he is a one year wonder, I think uh, Doug Peterson's. Um, you know, creative enough that he can kind of ease him into a role that might not be like asked to be an immediate starter catching 90 passes a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I loved watching him play, especially last mm -hmm. year, uh, him, Marshall, Thaddeus Moss. I think there was one more wide receiver. Who am I forgetting out of that group? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. I forgot insane. a pretty good one. Like again, that, that wide receiving core was just in, in, insane. Like how much do you think having a legitimate four pass catching threats on the field, essentially at all times. And then you throw in clad. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like how, how much easier does that make it for a wide receiver when like, even if they like, like how, how do you not always get open in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is one thing to, you know, wonder about, and it is different from a situation. I think when you look at Alabama where Judy um, rugs and Smith and Waddle have, all thrived year to year despite each other, whereas Jefferson really came on this year. So, you know, you got to wonder, okay, can he get open, you know, when the defense isn't constantly having to worry about three or four other receiving threats, you know, pulling the defense, kind of stretching them a little more thin. Can he beat his guy more consistently off the line of scrimmage and stuff like that? If he can, then, you know, the Eagles are going to get a really good player here. Well, I wanted him to be good, but if he's going to be good, <laughs> I do not. So, uh, number 22, the Minnesota Vikings. is th This is their pick? or Yeah, this is their pick, correct? Uh, no, I think this, this is, is the one the that they picked okay. up. Uh, number 22 overall, the Vikings. Minnesota Vikings take Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, out of Arizona State. So, another wide receiver. Tell us about him. Yeah, this is kind of where you really see the run on wide, the second one, uh, second run on wide receivers. Um He's a guy that definitely has come up draft boards a lot recently since the combine. Um, he had a really good one, ran a good 40 time. And I think it just, you know, caused people to go back and look at what he does. And, you know, he's definitely one of those guys that runs more like the top half of the route tree better than the lower half. But that's a lot of receivers coming out, um, especially guys who are high caliber athletes. They're kind of just said like, yeah, we're just going to run a ton of posts and go routes and just try and get you the ball. But, you know, he's really explosive in and out of his cuts. And um, I watched some of the 
some of the tape on him, and he's a guy who like can take any slant just right past the corner and the safety and just take it to the end zone. And, you know, with them trading away Stefan Diggs, I think that you kind of find a guy who has that same level of explosiveness to replace him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's also not going to be a guy that's going to come in and have to, you know, feel the pressure of trying to be Stefan Diggs when you've already got like Adam Thielen there too. So I think that this would be a really good situation for him. But Derek, are you going to keep Adam Thielen again? That's the real question. Yeah, no. You don't have to answer that question. Justin, no, how, how do you how do you feel about the Vikings? I mean, taking a wide receiver makes sense, but here, uh-huh. Brandon, how do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense because he complements Adam Thielen so well. So it, he, just like Derek said, he's, gonna, he's a guy that you're going to throw him a screen, you're going to watch what he can do. You're going to throw him a slant, mm-hmm. you're going to find a way that he can kind of just gain you chunks of yardage all the way yeah. down the field. Um, so I think it's kind of a, a match made in heaven for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who you kind of don't want him throwing the deep ball as much because you never know what kind of errant pass he's going to throw. That's why all you got to find, you find these playmakers that you can just kind of just get the ball in their hands, let them do what they got to do. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, I, I want to stop here for a second because we've been talking about like this whole night about how deep the wide receiver class is. And I think we've had six go one, two, three. Yeah, we've had six go in the top 22. Uh, again, the, the the boards fall the way they do, but with it being as deep as it is, it why why aren't some of these teams like the Vikings waiting? Like they have other needs, especially they don't have any, you know, Everson Griffin's gone. You know, they have they have other needs around. I think Madison isn't there anymore. So, you know, I don't think you're going to take a running back here, but like what why do you think it makes sense for these teams like the the Vikings, especially because the Vikings, they have a pick in three, three picks later. Um, you know, the Eagles, obviously that one makes sense. The dolphins again, like I, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, I still think with it being as deep as it is, do you really think six wide receivers go in the top 22 picks, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, depends on what before. kind of wide receiver. Yeah, it's, it's happened before. I mean, it, it depends on what kind of wide receiver you want. There's so many, but there's, yeah. there's so many different kinds of wide receivers that if you fall in love with one of them, just grab them at this point. Um, there are different, like the Vikings obviously have a need at corner. They have a couple needs other along the rest of the team. But um, when you find a guy like Brandon Ayuk and you're kind of sitting there, you're like a little tossed up between one of them, take the one that you're more sure of. And if, since obviously this is the way Derek and I see it and the way that we would, we would take these players, this is kind of the person that I would fall in love with yeah. for that and position as well. And especially when you're, you know, like using the Vikings as an example, Mike Zimmer is a defensive guy. He can take a guy that you get in the third round at corner and probably turn him into a starter much more easily than he can turn a third round ride receiver into a viable starter. Mm-hmm. All right. That makes sense. And again, like with it being so deep personally, like I don't want the giants to look at a wide receiver till the third round. Um, right. considering it's like pick 100. But like again, we got Darius Slayton in what the fourth or the fifth? Yeah, fourth round, pretty good. Like I mean, I think with it being as deep as it is, I I believe you guys when you say there's. I think we end up with eight wide receivers in the first round. I believe you when you say that. But at the same time, I also think some of these teams can wait a little bit while longer. But again, if Derek didn't take all the offensive tackles in the first round picks, I think things would have been a little bit different as well. But at the same point, when you also get down to like you know, these picks, these are the teams that are more well-constructed. So a team Mm -hmm. like um, the Vikings, you know, they've addressed offensive line recently. So that's not as pressing of a need. They have a very good defensive line. That's not a pressing need. They still have good line, you know, they need secondary, Mm -hmm. but it kind of just comes down to what are you a bit more comfortable with? What do you think you're going to get the most um, value out of? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I do believe wide receivers. I mean, you obviously need them and I think they're more, Mm -hmm 
the icing on the cake kind of thing. Like if you, yeah. as you said, if you're well-constructed, these teams down here, you know, aside from really like the Dolphins, sorry, Luke, um, you know, I think a lot of the teams down here are well-constructed. And if they yeah. grab one of those wide receivers that can actually do something, almost, I don't want to say put them over the top, but bring them that much closer. Mm -hmm. I think it makes a lot more sense. But again, those top three guys would have been the first, you know, wide receiver taken in many of the other drafts. We yeah. see. I think it's, it's really interesting. So here's a fun one. Uh, 23 overall, the new England Patriots <laughs> drafting in the top 23, which is crazy. Take Jordan love quarterback out of Utah state. Thankfully, Justin got this one. Uh, yeah. So he, he can tell us and, and you know how much he loves Jordan love. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people have noticed this, but Derek and I actually don't have Justin Herbert going anywhere yeah, near the first thank God. Round. I think um, Justin Herbert sucks. Yeah, and we've been under the same impression that we're just not fans of him. Like, yes, he's got the size. Cool. All right, what That's else? I, I watch him throw these deep balls, and he, it's it's so errant. And you're like, where the hell is he throwing this football? Like, why is it like six yards? Like, did he forget the route, and he thought that the receiver was going to kind of cut it off a little bit sooner? Or was he just that bad at the throw? Um, I've been on the Jordan Love hype train for, for months now, probably since like November. Um just like watching him play in certain games, you're like, all right, I see the Patrick, and you don't want to compare him to another player, but you <laughs> see those Patrick Mahomes type of throws where he drops back and all of a sudden, like he will kind of like start moving over to the right, move over to the left, kind of get out of the pocket. And all of a sudden he just throws this absolute dime to one of these players. Um, and the, one of the biggest knocks on him is his production from 2018 and 2019. Um, if he would have come out in 2018, I don't think he was, he was eligible to come out in 2018. He, would have been a first round pick. So kind of you're kind of going off of that production from last year just because they lost, what was it, eight offensive players mm -hmm. between graduation and the draft. Um, I don't think Utah State gets a whole lot of players drafted, but he's not playing with great competition. So you kind of throw him into a position where Belichick saw what Andy Reid did. And it's one of those things because Andy Reid, I think he said in a statement, he's going to keep coaching for the next 10 years because he has Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. Yeah. If Bill Belichick finds his Patrick Mahomes, we're going to see Belichick coach until his 80s. Not literally, yeah. but one of those Maybe. things where he's going to keep coaching for as long as he wants to because he has that phenom phenomenal quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, it, it makes sense. Again, you're like, I mean, you don't want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but mm. it's just... He has, you know, Justin has loved he has this it. guy. Yeah, he has, he has something. Now, mm -hmm. Derek, I know you're not as super high on him. So tell us why and what you've seen that kind of almost combats, not combats, but the opposite side of the coin that what, what Justin uh, has been talking about. Yeah, this has been one of the more heated debates between Justin and I <laughs> that we've had in the last couple of years, actually. Um, I, I understand where Justin's coming from. You watch his film and you definitely see the Patrick Mahomes uh, tendencies like the way he just kind of carries himself in the pocket, um, his arm talent's really, really impressive. He can make throws on the run, and he just kind of has like that moxie to him. Um, but for me, I'm a little bit more in the of the belief that the most important trait for a quarterback is how they mentally process the game. And you know, he put up impressive numbers in those. Um, in 2018 at Utah state because Utah state ran a offense that was very similar to what Oregon ran when they had Marcus Mariota. And I was not big on Mariota coming out of college for that exact reason. It was a simple offense that basically took no effort. It was one read, get rid of the ball or run. And I just, you know, then between the years, yeah, he does lose some production, but they also go to a new offensive coordinator who runs a more, 
uh, sophisticated pro style offense, you know, with the pro concepts. And he really struggled. Um, I watched a few of his games and there are times when he just stared down a linebacker and threw it directly to them for an interception. And, you know, it's just, you're all, if you're, if you can't, have a good mental grasp of the game coming out of college. You're already so far behind the eight ball. And I think his skill set is very tantalizing, but I wouldn't, I I just don't know if I can take that in the first round, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I I get it. The Patriots definitely need a quarterback. They're kind of screwed with just like Stidham or Brian Hoyer, (laughs) but I, I, does, does Jordan love necessarily get them back to the playoffs? I, I don't think so. I think that they're better off maybe trying to look elsewhere. Justin? Um, I think as as long as he has some time to sit and process everything, he can mm-hmm. become a great quarterback. It, it's just going to be a matter of like just his mental aptitude and how he kind of handles everything, how he handles reading the defense. And that's where the Bill Belichick, uh, just him being as, uh, his coach, can come into this. Because Belichick yeah. weekly would have a meeting with Tom Brady and he would go over and be like, okay, this is the defensive scheme that the Cleveland Browns are going to run this week. What would you do on this play? What would the, what kind of option route would you, mm-hmm. would you rather, would you motion to this wide receiver? Right. Um, so I, I think that that, this is the perfect spot. It's either here or the next pick with the saints. Okay. The, per- the two perfect spots for Jordan love to sit down and become the best quarterback in this draft. Well, yeah. That makes sense. I think anybody that goes to the Patriots though, right? Like Bill Belichick will, he, for whatever reason, he does this, a million times better than everybody else. He plays to the player's strength. Like, Oh, what do you do? Well, okay, cool. This is what you'll do. Tom Brady, you can throw the ball and, and process the play in under two seconds. Perfect. Let's just constantly do that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I don't think the offense is going to look the same if, you know, Jordan love is there, or if Jared Sidham there, whoever is, is, is the, the, uh, the quarterback. But again, I, I I'd have to agree with Justin there. And I would be remiss to say, I didn't realize that, uh, uh, people are actually commenting on this, which is kind of funny. They're all our friends, which is nice. Um, Nick says he wished the Rams had a pick this round. Don't we all Nick have fun in 2026. That'll be fun. Um, Pat Smith uh, actually said, Oh no. Okay. Pat Smith said oh. that the Donald is getting uh, Aaron Donald is getting traded for a first round pick. So that Nick might have something. Chris Jones is very happy with the Eagles pick. Shout out, shout out Chris Jones. Let's see in his TikTok videos everywhere. Luke is still complaining about the dolphins taking T Higgins. And it's literally been like 20 minutes since then. And Nick is got another pick coming up. Yeah, well, probably be another. Um, it'll probably be another wide receiver. Um, and Nick is actually kind of confused by all the uh, wide receivers in the first round, like I am. So shout out, shout out to all our friends that are hanging out with us tonight. Um, so the twenty fourth pick evens are Derek, uh, Jalen Rager, the Saints to select mm-hmm. Jalen Rager wide receiver, wide receiver out of TCU. So another wide receiver that's seven at this point, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us, I honestly cannot tell you anything about a person from tcu other than who did we just we just watched the tcu baylor game the other night that was a lot of fun uh it was 58 i would have lost the dollar bet this uh tcu scored 6158 6158 um uh derek yeah derek tell us a little bit about i'm out go you're good rieger um guy with really good size and blazing speed that's pretty much what you need to know it's funny he's almost like a poor man's uh henry ruggs in the mm. first round um they're kind of a similar build he's not as fast but he does a lot of the same things really well he gets downfield he takes short passes the distance um and i think that he just makes a lot of sense the saints have you know they're always known for having explosive offense as well outside of um Michael Thomas, they really don't have a really good go-to second guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can get 
Um, a guy like Regan, he stretches the field. He opens up a lot more stuff underneath, which is where Michael Thomas typically operates. Um, obviously, you know, opens things up for Kamara in the passing game and the run game. Um, he's explosive enough that you can give him the ball in a variety of ways and he can make things happen with it. So you're just like trying to add a little more oomph to this, um, to this offense to help them get over the hump because, you know, they've in the games that they've lost in the playoffs, they've only put up like 20 points, you know, they're, you're used to them constantly putting up 30 points. So I think they just need, need to add another piece for, uh, Drew Brees' last go around. Mm-hmm. And they did bring in Emmanuel Sanders, so mm-hmm. that, that is going to kind of help them. But once yeah. again, he's kind of over over the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about Rager, and I understand why people wouldn't exactly know who he is, just because in his career he put up like like by by year it was like 500 receiving yards, a thousand receiving yards, and 700 receiving yards. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of the passes thrown his way were deemed accurate passes. Mm-hmm. So it was because his quarterback. His quarterback play has just been horrendous. So, yeah. Um, if 30, he was playing, 30%? 30% were yeah. accurate. Whoa. So, I mean, 70% yeah. inaccuracy at mm-hmm. him thrown towards his way. So, it's, I understand why people might not understand or, or know who yeah. he is yet, but don't worry. They'll. And he did have some issues in. with drops, too. You mm-hmm. know, that definitely, that's, you know, the one thing you can't have a receiver do. But I think that there's enough of a payoff here at this juncture that it makes sense for them to go with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and I think the Saints taking a wide receiver again, the way they're constructed, it makes sense as we were talking about before. The the well constructed teams here at the end, they can take the luxury of a wide receiver potentially. And even with Michael Thomas, as you were saying, Derek, in that game against the Vikings this past year, I don't remember what he did, but I think that's why I don't remember mm-hmm. him really being ecstatic or, or you know being out of this world good as he was the entire season. So I yeah. think again, just adding you know Emmanuel Sanders, he's kind of old now, still good as we saw in the Super Bowl, he's still mm-hmm. useful. 31. But um, you know, I think definitely having you know another uh, another threat there is not is not going to hurt at all. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty important. And now talking about the Vikings a little bit, man, I'm great with these segues. Number 25, <laughs> the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings take Patrick Queen linebacker out of LSU. Justin, tell us about him. Yeah, and once again, they could have gone corner here, but it, it comes to one of those things where they need an off-the-ball linebacker that can go and they can cover in space, um, especially the division that they're in, um, facing all these great tight ends, all all these big wide receivers now where you need a re- uh, you need a linebacker that can cover well, and he's one of those ones that can do everything that you need to do. Um, and the, the, the cool thing about him is that because they the, the Vikings run a 3-4, so they have at least four linebacker spots, he can slot inside also. So pending an injury, one of those things, he, he can kind of play all over the uh, the linebacking front for them. Very mm-hmm. cool. Derek, anything? Yeah, he's another guy that kind of came on a little bit throughout the season as it went on, and people really noticed his um, high level of play. And, you know, I think when, um, you know, linebacker is not typically a position you see going in the first round, it's unless they're like a real stud. Um and I think when, uh, you know, Dylan Moses at Alabama got hurt, it really opened up a void for somebody to come in and take that first, you know, that uh, LB1 position. And Queen has the athleticism to really do anything you can ask an off-ball linebacker to do. So go for it. And so this is their second pick of the first round. Their first pick, they went with uh, Brandon Ayuk, if I'm not mistaken, out of Arizona, yeah. Arizona State. So with this, I mean, we saw Xavier Rhodes go from one of the all pro to just complete trash in about yeah. two years, which is crazy. Are there any cornerbacks here at this point that would even make sense kind of looking at and saying, hey, maybe this is this could be someone that might not fill that void of an all pro corner, but could definitely, you know, fill some sort of void. Yeah, no, I, they, uh, yeah, yeah they're um, I was gonna oh. say I think that if it's <laughs> if it's gonna be anybody, it would probably be AJ Terrell um, from mm-hmm. Clemson. I think the 
you know, he's not, he's a really good athlete. He's not as athletic as like CJ Henderson or Okuda, but he's got like that six, one, six, two, really long frame that Mike Zimmer looks for in guys like Xavier Rhodes or, um, Trey Waynes, who they drafted like five years ago at this point. So I think that that would probably be another likely candidate here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then say, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of other cornerbacks, like the, the depth mm-hmm. of the corner, like you have a couple of like the top tier guys, but you have a bunch like these, these B graded, yeah. very good corners that can play um, and they can make an instant impact. And then, so the other, the other defensive back position safety, I know, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name out of Minnesota who they, fr- they ended up franchise. Uh, uh, not oh, 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 Harrison uh, Smith. They, yeah. No, not Harrison. Anthony Smith. Harris. Anthony Harris. Anthony, Anthony Harris. Harris. Okay. Harris. The, I, I, he, um, I know he kind of came on this year, so they franchise tagged him and there there's kind of in talks about potentially ending up trading him as well. Do, mm-hmm. Is there, are there any other, other, other safeties that again, cause I mean, their, their team has just been decimated by people leaving the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grant Elpitz probably the, yep. the, the only safety other number option. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you, there's him. There's Antoine Winfield Jr. from Minnesota, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of who I thought you were referring to. Um, mm-hmm. There's also this other kid, Ashton Davis, out of California. He's by far yeah. my favorite prospect in this draft. Um, just like a true free safety. He's, he's that ball hawking. He's just like a poor man's Earl Thomas. So I'm super excited. I mean, he's gonna go somewhere between the mid second to mid to early yeah. third round. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a little too high to take him here where you can get other players like Patrick yeah. Queen. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. The Vikings, I think they're also primed to move back, you know, two picks in, mm-hmm. in you know, 22 and 25. Uh, usually uh, teams end up taking one of those moving back a little bit further, mm-hmm. picking up some more capital and seeing what they can do with it. So I'm kind of curious what they do there. And for the Dolphins, third pick of the fourth round, 26th overall, they take AJ Epinesa, defensive end from Iowa. Uh, some people think he is one of the top two or three, I think we have him third uh, as defensive end slash edge yep. rusher. Uh, Derek, tell us a little about AJ and I'll wait for Luke to complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Epineza was a five-star recruit, a rare five-star who goes to Iowa. And, um, you know, he was really good his freshman year. He kind of got some of the Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa comparisons. Um, and he had a really good sophomore year. This year he fell off a little bit because he started to see a lot more double teams. And I think that there's really some questions that have emerged about what his true ceiling is. Um, but I think that he's a guy who might not have the highest ceiling, but he's got a really high floor. And he's a really good pass rusher who can win with really good technique and power. Um, He doesn't have like that blinding speed turning the corner, but he's got a good get off too. And, you know, the way he's kind of the way his frame is filled out. um, He's a guy that I think can kick inside too. Um, You know, Brian Flores comes from the Belichick school of defense where you look for guys who can do a lot of different things along the front four, even front seven. And Ebenezer offers that. And I mean, the dolphins, I think looked up, they had 23 sacks last year, which is like Mm -hmm. totally pitiful. Um, They don't have anybody who can really, you know, get after the quarterback. And, you know, like we were talking about after chase young, it's a little murky who comes next. Um, you know, I think Chasen kind of takes that second role. Here, you're probably looking at either Epineza, Yeter Gross Matos from Penn State, or Curtis Weaver out of Boise State. And I just think that Epineza kind of offers like the best versatility that mm-hmm. makes him a good pick here. Justin? Yeah, I would say scheme versatility. And like Derek said, he comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. So you take a player and 
sometimes they don't have a defined role, but you're gonna find a role for him. Yeah. And yes, they they did they did bring a couple guys like they drafted Christian Wilkins last year. They 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 brought in Kyle Van Noy, um, mm-hmm. Shaq Lawson. So they have some guys. Um, so there's their their pass rushing will get better. Yeah. Even if they don't, even if they do go with Etor Gross Matos, um, they they bring him in. Um, they're kind of the same player. It all depends on uh, which one. Like Etor is a little bit more raw than Epines is. Um, yeah. Maybe you want the more polished guy that you're going to grab. And I'm kind of waiting to see what Luke has to say about all this. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Luke uh, wants to know in this mock draft, did Chris Greer have a concussion? Uh, LOL. <laughs> Who? Chris Greer. G-R-I-D. The Dolphins GM. Dolphins GM. Oh, um, oh okay. I was going to say, Derek, I don't know who Chris Greer as, the, uh, um, as their. Yeah, I mean, other than Tua, he doesn't seem very happy. So we might have to get him on one of these days to to uh, to. I don't know. I think your your quarterback, obviously, that is what it is. I, I I agree with him. I don't think they would take T Higgins, but I think you make a very compelling argument on why both of you kind of agree that it is it it makes sense. And I think taking one of the three top three pass rushers at twenty six. I mean, I don't I don't think it's that bad. Uh, but yeah. clearly, Luke uh, does not agree. I mean, I'm assuming that. Luke would probably say an offensive tackle, which also makes sense here. But like. Jesus Christ, they had 23 sacks last year. Like, you can't win in this league when you don't get any pressure on the quarterback. So. Especially when, you're, when your you're head coach is a defensive-minded head coach. Like, he was probably exactly. pulling – I know he had no hair. Like, Brian Flores is bald, but I'm sure he was pulling his eyebrows out every yeah. time watching his defense. Like, wow, if I had one person that could rush the pass for this, it would have been great. But now he's got a, yep. a plethora of little guys that he can kind mm-hmm. of just throw around and yeah. see how they do. And, I mean, you know, if it's really that bad, you just – I don't know, throw Fitzpatrick out there, let him get killed for a year, and then draft an offensive tackle again mm-hmm. next year. There, <laughs> there are still some good offensive tackles, and there's there some are. good depth that you could take in the second round. And I yeah, know that they have another early is. pick, so they can grab an Ezra Cleveland some and point they have, there. They have two second-round picks, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because yeah. uh, Bill O'Brien is allergic to draft yeah. picks. So I think, mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I think he uh, he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but I think we're on a slight delay. No, he said <laughs> if you're going to draft to a get him some protection. I yeah, said that in the comments. It does make sense. I can't really disagree. Well, again, with them, like Justin just said, the way the board falls, there's going to be a couple of guys who are, you know, high caliber offensive mm-hmm. players in the early second. It takes, it makes more sense to get the third best pass rusher as opposed to like the seventh best offensive tackle right now. Yes. If the gentleman from Houston is going to the top 10, <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, all right. So we're, we're getting down to it. Last few picks. I think we only have six left. 27, mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks, uh, take austin jackson offensive tackle out of usc i don't know if huston is watching right now but man i hope he is justin tell us a little bit about <laughs> I, I, I told him to watch so we'll, we'll see if awesome. he all right i hope he is and i'll never understand this because john schneider for whatever reason completely ignores offensive line they don't every care? single year in the draft he just doesn't give a crap every because he's time. so bad at it he's just given up <laughs> i mean and so obviously so i was actually looking it up before um, John Schneider in the last eight drafts, he's never picked at his slot in the first round. He's always traded back. He's never, he's never traded up. He's never stayed where he's never stayed put. So he's always traded back. So look for this, this pick to get kind of trade back five, six, seven, ten slots again, just to pick up a couple extra picks. And that way maybe they'll take some interior offensive line, um, as opposed to outside. Um, but Austin Jackson, great kid. Um, if everyone doesn't know his story, he, um, one of the reasons he struggled to be like the first half of this year was he actually donated bone marrow to his sister because she was actually dying of a, of a rare disease. Um, so she yeah. needed bone marrow and he gave the bone marrow, I think it was like four or five months prior to the start of the season. So mm-hmm. he had to, he wasn't allowed to work out with his team because they wanted to keep him away from everyone. That way he didn't catch any kind of um, 
flu or any kind of disease that was kind of going around. They had to keep him as clean as possible. And then he also, because it was like, a, uh, I think it was a make a wish thing. So he actually went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks with his sister because they weren't sure if she was going to live. So they kind of went on like this nice little, little uh, vacation just to kind of get their mind off of everything. And um, I mean, it just, just a great story. Great mm-hmm. kid. Um, yeah. Don't watch the first half of the season. Watch the second half because he looked worlds different. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah or maybe Bucky Brooks that he talked to. And he said that he played like the first six games at about 70% because he was mm-hmm. still recovering from the bone marrow transplant. So, um, you know, the second half, if that's, you know, not, I, he said that he wasn't even a hundred percent for that. Um, you know, if he does reach a hundred percent, it's, it's going to be a big, a really good pick for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, and then, so we have the, Number one seed from the AFC this last year, the Baltimore Ravens taking Kenneth Murray at 28 overall linebacker out of Oklahoma. Tell Luke when he comes on the podcast, he can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love the comments on the side. It is yeah. kind of funny. Um, yeah, so Kenneth Murray was my pick. Um, he was a guy who I thought probably would be the first linebacker taken, um, and then some other guys blew up. But um, Murray's really talented. I think over the last two years he had like 300 tackles or something like that. He constantly flies to the ball. He's always around it. He knows how the um, – Don't he read really, it. Like, keep no, <laughs> I know. I'm trying not to. He really knows like the position. Um and I think that a you know a coach like John Harbaugh is going to get a lot out of Murray and really has the potential to turn him into an um, a Pro Bowl player. Um, and you know they still haven't really addressed the void that was left by C.J. Mosley. So I think moving Murray there just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, considering everything they've already done this offseason, I mean, they they grabbed Calais Campbell for essentially nothing. Um, there's a couple other guys that they oh, added to the team. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, they they pretty much added him for nothing, and and a couple other guys as well. And I think again, you know, now they are really from a position of luxury because Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's a first round quarterback, but he was the last pick of the first mm-hmm. round. So I mean, what is he like two million dollars a year, maybe four? Like I yeah, honestly yeah. don't know, but it's, it's up there a little it's bit. It's not that much considering you know he was just the MVP last year. Now, yeah, you think he's actually going to do what he did again? Maybe, maybe not. But either way, he was great. And, and I'm excited to see him moving forward. So you really have to take advantage of this time and, and roll with it. So I think it's a great point you make with Mosley as well. What do you think, Justin? Mm-hmm. Um, I, from everything that I saw at the combine, um, 6'2", 240, flies all over the field. Perfect fit for literally any team that needs a middle linebacker, outside linebacker, however you want to play him. Um, the thing that I remember from the combine that Daniel Jeremiah always spoke about was he mm-hmm. was the best interview out of any person um, that was interviewed at the combine. Every single team fell in love with this kid, high character, um, just kind of plays into everything that the Ravens are looking for. Yeah, I love it. And Chris Jones is very happy as Sooner went. Um, and Luke is confused <laughs> who, who Boomer is, so I like that as well. Um, so we have 29th overall, the Titans. Who the heck would have thought the Titans were picking 29th overall? They take yeah. Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, out of Georgia. So Luke's probably also angry about this one. But uh, yeah. this is a odd number, so it's Justin. Tell us about another offensive tackle out of Georgia. Yeah, and it, it's because they need a right tackle. So um, he shades of Orlando Brown Jr., like this massive human being, while Andrew Thomas was manning the left side, Isaiah Wilson manned the right side. And he, he, held, his own, he held his own against all these SEC pass rushers that are, that are, that are coming out. Um, this big-bodied, 
just a massive human being that's going to hold down the right side of the Titans for the next decade or so, mainly because they lost Jack Conklin to the Browns. Yep. And I think they signed, who was it, Dennis Kelly? I think is who they signed. I don't even to, know. Uh, yeah, he, he's like a backup, he's like a swing tackle. Um, so it, just in case they didn't draft a tackle earlier or someone that they can rely on, um, here comes a guy that you're just going to plug in. He's going to dominate. Mm-hmm. Derek? Yeah, I mean, you know, they need somebody on the right side. Um, Wilson, I think, is he's an interesting case. He started at Georgia for a few years, but I just feel like he never really made, you know, major leaps from year to year. Um, so maybe he's still developing, but, you know, as a bright side protector, you can kind of get away with that. Um, you know, and the Titans actually have some things going for them. They probably could also use a pass rusher as well, but... Um, you know, I think that it's a solid pick for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it kind of helps them with their run game, which is really what they tend to rely on. So I can't really fault them for that. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, like uh, Brian Tannehill got paid, but let's be honest, Derek Henry won them all those games. So, you know, yeah. Brian, Brian Tannehill really just has to get them to November, uh, you know, even at 500. And I think they're going to be just fine and potentially making the playoffs. Um, so we're getting down to it. Last three picks. We have the Green Bay Packers taking Michael Pittman at number 30 overall wide receiver out of USC. So another wide receiver. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't watch that much Pac-12 after dark because I'm pretty <laughs> asleep by then. So I, I don't know. Tell, tell me a little bit about this guy out of USC. Yeah, Pittman, um, I think this is still probably kind of high for him, but again, the Packers are a really well-constructed team and wide receivers, hands down their, you know, most dire need. Um, Pittman is, I think he's like six four two twenty. He's got, he's really big. He's, he's not wiry either. He's got some good bulk to him. Um, he ran like the low four fives. He's not too explosive off the line, but you know, I think that he's a guy that would really compliment Devante. Um, Adams. Adams, yeah, thank you. I want to, <laughs> to say Parker. I knew that was it. Monte Adams. You're very stuck well. with Luke and the Dolphins. That's what I yeah, did, exactly. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> free. Let's go. Um, so you know, I think that the Packers just need more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it's not totally his fault that they got killed by the 49ers. Um, you know, if you can shut down Adams, you're really going to be able to shut down this offense. Alan Lazard, Geronimo Allison. Um, those, yeah, you know, these guys aren't real number two receivers. Get Michael Pittman in there. I think he adds like another dimension to the offense that Aaron Rodgers would appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so also, I mean, I don't think we've had any tight ends go, if I'm not mistaken, up to this no, point. Not uh, a good year had, for him. Not a good year. Because I was going to say, I mean, you know, they had, you know, the 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 incredible Jimmy Graham, who everyone just wants to keep paying money to. Yeah, for I don't some get reason. it. He's on the Bears um, now, along yeah. with six other tight ends. All right. Good for them, I guess. But like with that, I mean, how... I, I guess you kind of just said it. There aren't. There's really no one even this late in in the draft that they could potentially take at uh you know one of those weird like tweener tight end positions. Uh, well, segue to the next pick and oh. yeah, he's doing your job for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Segways, bit. man. I, we figured this out. And it's funny because Michael Pittman, he does look like Cortland Sutton. So mm-hmm. a nice compliment to Devontae Adams, a guy who can do it all. So, so Pittman yeah. can be that bigger receiver. I, I would have preferred a, a little bit of a, a smaller receiver, so a little bit of a speed guy. That way you can kind of get Aaron Rodgers throwing those deep, those deep balls again. Um, open up the offense um, for Aaron Jones to just keep running through the middle because they just yeah. keep respecting Aaron Rodgers so much as a passer, which mm-hmm. rightly yeah. so. Yeah. 
All right, and then yeah, we kind of we we kind of alluded to it already. <clears throat> Thirty-one overall, uh, the Super Bowl um, losers, their second pick of the first round, they get Chase Les Claypool, wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, so he's exactly that wide receiver tight end tweener type, and it, it even just just scrolling through Twitter and just kind of seeing what all these other draft nicks are saying, Claypool's that that big wide receiver. You're just going to throw up there and you kind of kind of see how he does. And I, the, the Niners need somebody that's over the, the height of six foot two because everyone else is under six foot. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want some height. So I think having this guy along with Travis, uh, with George Kittle, um, it'll kind of help open up their offense a little bit because they needed someone. They didn't really have like a down the hill running back to kind of once they were in the red zone to punch the ball in. So this way you kind of throw a clay pool in there, get him working at the goal line, get him working in the red zone, and then you kind of see how that offense can really spread the ball and open up. Mm-hmm. Derek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll admit that um, Chase Claypool isn't someone I know too much about. Um, but what I have seen and read of him seems to suggest he's probably more likely a day two pick. Um, and I know that the Niners got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, but I still think that the secondary is probably a bit more of a pressing need for the Niners. Um, you know, maybe if the Niners at their 13th pick took Henry Ruggs, I would be totally fine with that. But I think around here, you're probably going to get some better value if you go with a cornerback. Um, you know, Sherman's getting older and just got totally torched in the Super Bowl. So I think you could probably justify you know taking a corner here too but you know they definitely need a wide receiver i just think that now kind of the tiers of wide receivers we've gone through 49ers would maybe be a little better serve picking one in like the second or third round Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that that claypool is in like this other tier of wide receivers like if we had that top tier this is still that middle tier going yeah that that great b and it's because there's still lavisca chanel there's still a whole bunch of other wide receivers that you, you you can look at and you can grab just kind of taking your flavor that you want mm-hmm. gotta like your flavor of wide receiver um chase claypool i almost accidentally called him less chase claypool was on my fantasy team this year he did pretty well i don't think mm-hmm. i won but i don't really remember uh, <laughs> no i mean i think he, he was i mean you have ian book throwing to you and he was still capable of mm-hmm. that many yards and that many yeah. catches i mean ian book man like what an arm there right so it's just <laughs> one of those things i mean i think it's pretty impressive he was he was capable of doing what he did and i i, I agree with you derek i've heard a lot of people say that he's more of uh, you know a day two pick but then also mm-hmm. you see what he did at the combine and yeah. pretty much just blew everyone out of the water especially with his mm-hmm. 40 time i don't know what it is off the top of my head maybe justin does but he um he looked Play pretty darn he ran good like a there four, and- four or five i think it was is what it was pretty damn impressive for a tweener. So, um, you know, I definitely think it's pretty interesting. So the last pick, um, and <laughs> after this pick, I do want to talk about a couple things just in general about the draft, but the last pick, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas city chiefs based out of Kansas, uh, take Jalen Johnson, cornerback mm-hmm. out of Utah. Tell us about him. Yeah. Um, he's another guy that's kind of become a trendy pick to really fall into the first round. Um, I, I like him. I think that, you know, now you're definitely starting to fall into like your preference on cornerbacks. You're kind of past like these are like the guys that are definitely the best, like that hierarchy. And now you're kind of like, well, you know, what do you want? Um, Johnson is a really good cover corner. Um, he sticks to his guys. Um, he's got some good athleticism. He's not a real deep guy but he's someone who's going to cover really well like the underneath and middle routes um he can get a little handsy but you know i think that you know the chiefs kind of have a luxury pick here they don't have too many team needs um i was kind of tempted to maybe give them like jk dobbins or Mm -hmm. deandre swift because i think that 
um, Andy Reid could get really creative or like a running back that would just have that many opportunities can do a lot of damage. But, um, you know, I think corner, you know, I mean, you saw what the Texans did to the chiefs in the first half of that game and, you know, how quickly the chiefs fell behind. And I think that that's kind of exposed that this, you know, the secondary of the chiefs needs a little bit of work. So I think Johnson makes some good sense then but you know there's a few other guys here like aj terrell or, or uh paul Dabo from stanford who could reasonably be taken here as well and if i'm not mistaken the chiefs lost one of the fullers i can't remember which one kyle kendall Ken- or kendall okay kendall, yeah, yeah they lost they lost one of their you know okay cornerbacks already so it doesn't make sense just justin hmm. how do you feel about it um yeah especially because they're not picking for another 32 picks like you're going to kind of want to take the position that is going to be a little bit hard like Granted, I would have given them J.K. Dobbins as well. Like you're yeah. gonna grab the, the running back that you want and watch this offense yeah. and really see what it can do next year when you have someone um, running the rock like he can, as opposed to what they kind of had this past year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I could definitely see them going corner, but I would prefer them going a running back, and that way you have an instant impact because Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson doesn't have to play right away. Like they they signed Bashad Breeland to to be um, another one year deal, so like they don't have yeah. to force any position right away. And it's kind of, that's why it's, that's the beauty of having a deep roster is that you have yep. all these positions that you don't exactly need to fill. Mm-hmm. Very true. That's awesome. Well, guys, this was great. There, there's still a couple of things I want to talk about, but all 32 sure. picks, we did it in just about two hours. I think it was great. Um, I like, I appreciate how much knowledge you both have. I mean, I have service <laughs> level. I can kind of talk about it as we've seen. I can talk through some of this stuff. I don't know the wide receivers from USC. I don't know the right tackle <laughs> at, um, you know, Georgia. So I appreciate you guys and yeah. knowing what you know. And I think again, you know, a lot of our friends were watching, uh, which I think is pretty cool and commenting along. Luke's angry, but hey, it is what it is. Nick wants to talk about the day two picks, but joke's on him uh, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams trade out all of theirs as well there. But um, we'll, we'll give them Ezra Cleveland in the second round. There you go, Nick. <laughs> there you go. Happy. Um, but no, I think a couple things that are really interesting. One, as we talked about before, Justin Herbert didn't go in the first round. Now, I understand you guys did this as if you were the GM. But do you really not think Justin Herbert is going to fall to – do you think Justin Herbert's actually going to fall to the second day? No, no. Someone's going to take him in the first round because quarterback is the premium position. And if you think that he's your guy, you take him no matter what. Um, I just don't have that level of confidence that some of these GMs are probably talking themselves into. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Justin? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, Derek and I, I mean, I think Derek kind of liked Justin Herbert. And then once he kind of really started watching a little bit, yeah. he, he fell out of love with him. Yeah, I stayed um, up for the after dark games. And um, he, it's, I don't know. You know, he's a guy that doesn't handle the pass rush well. And that only gets exacerbated at the next level. So I, it just worries me so much. And, you know, he doesn't have a great, you know, he's, I, I said this just the other day, I'm tired of guys getting drafted at quarterback because they look the part and, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the tantalizing size, but you watch him throw the deep ball and it flutters after like 35, 45 yards. And it's like, geez, you would think a guy like that could rip it. Um, it just, it just loses its power. And I just don't think that there's much of a difference between taking him and maybe someone like Jacob Eason. Mm-hmm. A and so I later. think a couple of things about him 
personally, um, one, he would have gotten taken if John Elway was allowed, but he has Drew Locke, and I think he actually <laughs> like, thinks he's going yeah, to have a quarterback there. Um, the other thing is, I think, for me, the reason why I hate him so much, I think he's good. Uh, obviously, I don't watch as much film as you guys, and I don't really you know study it nearly as much. I think he's good from what I have seen. I mean, I've watched enough Oregon games. They're always on at some point, you know. But I think it's – he. my expectations for him were so much higher – that mm-hmm. even though it only comes down a little bit, I still feel very underwhelmed because I feel like, again, you know, he looks the part. He looks yeah. like he should be a guy that just absolutely rips the ball. But then you see like the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin's a good defense, but there's no reason he should have had two picks or whatever. I, he, all his touchdowns were rushing or whatever, which was ridiculous. So, I mean, it was fun. I, I think he's good, but uh, I, I agree. I do think he's going to go in the first round, but we will see there also no running backs. Um, so Justin said it, you know, he thinks, um, you know, somebody will go to the chiefs. I also agree. I do think, you know, Dobbins or, um, even potentially, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor tailback out of Wisconsin, I think makes sense there. I'm not a huge fan of Deandre Swift, but that's just a personal thing. I mean, again, is uh, you guys drafting as GMs here where, I mean, the dolphins is one spot. A lot of people do see JK Dobbins going to, where Mm -hmm. do you think the first running back could potentially go? And how many do you think, maximum could possibly go in the first round the 26 pick with the dolphins if the yeah. dolphins went quarterback offensive tackle with five and 18 that 26 pick you would Probably think should, should be a running yeah. back because mm-hmm. because of how deep wide receivers they could have gotten someone else a little bit later in the second round um since they do have a couple picks on day two and the, do you think anyone like the titans maybe um could possibly mm-hmm. you know grab a grab a uh, grab a running back there because again, Derrick Henry's probably only going to be there for one more year. They're not going to want to pay him Christian McCaffrey well, money. We'll be interested to see how that kind of pans out just because that'll tell us how the contract negotiations are going with the Titans. And Derrick That's a good Henry. point. Like we'll, we'll, we'll know right then and there, like if the Titans draft a running back in the first or second round, that kind of mm-hmm. means that Derrick Henry might be, uh, might be on, on his way out mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think a, a couple other spots. I don't know about the Seahawks that that might be weird because Penny and Carson both got hurt. Yeah. Um, and then oh, also, the Packers and the Chiefs, obviously, again, I think are spots where running backs can go, but there's enough that I think you're always going to find a running back in the third round. Yeah. Um, we'll have to, to worry too much about that. The other thing, I mean, obviously, we've talked about it a lot too with, um, you know, the wide receivers. Yes, it's one of the deeper classes, but man, you guys love these wide receivers. And uh-huh. it's not one of you, it is both of you. Um, so, I mean, again, like, I think it might be a little too many. I think there's some other needs for some other teams that they'll, they'll, they'll focus on. But I mean, how do you guys. Again, do you really think eight to ten wide receivers are going in the first round? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's a it's just a very good draft class. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it now. Okay, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs are like no brainers. Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins, yeah, those guys are. Maybe T. Higgins slips out. Um, I don't know. You know, I just think that yeah, it's a deep year. But again, a lot of these, it's it's. It's hard to say just because it's all how teams are going to have their boards set up and who they value over who, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, maybe some team needs a defensive tackle, but like Derek Brown and Javon Kinlar are already off the board. Well, do you really want to reach on a defensive tackle or would you rather take a wide receiver, which you need, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it just works out like that. So also, I I think the way the, the way the run on wide receivers was had, um, it kind of it's going to force teams to take them a little bit sooner than they want to. But yeah, here, ready? These are the wide receivers that are still left that haven't been drafted yet. Lavisca Chenault, incredible wide receiver. KJ Hamler, 
um, Denzel yeah. Mims, Donovan Peoples Jones, Van yeah. Jefferson, Brian Edwards, Antonio Gandy Golden. Like you're gonna have all these guys. Like if those guys go in the first and these guys go in the second, no one's gonna be surprised. Yeah. They'll be surprised by the number of wide receivers, but they won't be surprised by the quality of wide receivers, especially yeah. if you're going best player available. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing we obviously did not do was trades because that just makes things mm-hmm. just a little too crazy. And we talked about some of the early ones, you know, two, three, four with the 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 Lions, the Redskins, the Giants with the potential um, of um, the the quarterback. I mean, you always then look at the teams that have multiple first round picks. So we got the Jags, we have the Dolphins, yeah. the 49ers, the, the Raiders. There's always those opportunities. Where else do you guys see the Bucks? We talked about that a little bit, too. Where else do you guys potentially see maybe, you know, a team either, you know, desperately trying to move up or a team just saying, I, we just need more and more capital uh, to and move back? I think that's the great thing about this draft is there's depth everywhere. Like you're going to get mm-hmm. some fantastic players in the second and third round. So um, if, if I'm a team drafting the top 15, why not trade back five, 10 picks, grab another second or an early third, and then kind of see what you can do with those picks. Is there any yeah. team in particular that you're looking at that might do something like that? I think the Jaguars are one that's going to, I think they're going to trade at a nine slot. I, I think the way that everyone's going to kind of want those top three wide receivers is that someone's going to, because the Browns already said that they're open for business. So that kind of pushes up the Jaguars, especially because they do have the needs, but they need, they have so many needs. So they need more picks. Yes, they have 12. They're not going to use all 12 because they're going to be kind of moving around the draft a little bit. So they're, they're not going to have as many there. Um, but I think if the draft didn't fall like this and there wasn't, a Jeff Okuda or an Isaiah Sim, a mm-hmm. Sims to take there, they'll be moving down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that maybe depending on how some of the positions fall, like some of the players fall with positions, probably like the 18 through 22 slot, the second Miami pick through the first Minnesota pick is where you might mm-hmm. maybe see a early guy um, or you might see like an early uh, team in the second round try and jump ahead of like New England and New Orleans who may take a quarterback that falls you know teams tend to trade up for those quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's something you see especially with like Miami and Vegas who could feasibly you know trade back a little bit and just keep getting more guys just because mm-hmm. they have like such so many needs all over the roster mm-hmm. yeah I think oh and the Vikings too have multiple picks but yeah I, I think um, you guys make some good points and i think again like the with it being deep in, in a couple different areas that makes it more enjoyable to see some willing and dealing um the last thing i want to talk about is just the, the virtual aspect of the draft like we just did yeah. this about two hours we know the first round normally takes like from eight to like 11 30 or 12 o'clock yeah. a while i think we did a pretty darn good job picking for all the teams but we obviously know there's a lot of stuff that goes into it i think personally the first round will be relatively painless yeah i think once we start getting to the second and third round when the time slots start to dwindle a little bit and that third day i think is not going to look i mean that third day all you see there's just concentrating everywhere i don't yeah. think anything like that this year because it's nope. going to be so difficult you have like two or three minutes you're, you're trying to do like i think it's going to be too difficult rather i think teams are also then going to get scared obviously everyone's job is always on the line i think mostly what you're going to see happen is everyone just be kind of staying put of course there's going to be trades here and there mm-hmm. but i think especially that third day do you think the virtual aspect of this draft is really going to throw teams off into being more conservative being more risky you know not wanting to to trade too much because of the opportunity or or wanting to trade more and getting rid of their capital so that way they can't screw up along the way how do you guys feel like uh, that aspect of it's going to happen I think what we're going to see this year more than other previous years is there's going to be a lot of 
pre-made drafts or yeah. pre-made trades before the draft. So there's, there's going to be a lot of talk, especially this week leading up to it, a lot of the GMs kind of calling each other, but like, hey, in the third round, if you're not looking for this, this is kind of what I would offer you. Um, yeah. Just to kind of like put it out, put a feeler out there and kind of see how um, how the team responds to it. Um, I, I know, I think one of the crazy things is the fact that they're using multiple virtual um, hangouts. Like I know, I think the Jaguars are using Microsoft Teams for the in for, for like uh, within their team, um, and then I think I forget what the, they're actually using um, with the office. I want to say it's Google mm-hmm. Hangouts, um, but it's gonna be kind of funny that they're using multiple um, virtual reality settings for this. Yeah, Microsoft is a sponsor of the NFL, so it's not too surprising that they're, uh, <laughs> they're going to be uh, utilizing yeah, their product too much. I think Google might be too. They might have just taken over from Amazon, unless that was uh, that was MLB. Derek, how do you feel? Do you think anything too anything crazy is going to happen with the the virtual aspect of it? Um, no, but I think what you alluded to is pretty pretty accurate. You know, you might see some more trades in the first round, um, just because you're going to have a lot more time. But you know, you only have five five minutes, I think, in like rounds four through seven um you know it, i don't know it's gonna throw things for a loop i think maybe teams are going to be a little bit more reluctant to trade because they might not be able to have as much time to you know really think of the compensation mm-hmm. that they're receiving but you know i think if this was this is like the right draft for that to happen in because there is so much talent so deep in this class that you don't really have to be too insanely aggressive to get guys that can make an impact on your team this year. Mm -hmm. Like you can easily be going into like the fifth round and still getting some quality players here. I love it. There's going to be a lot of, um, after the draft, there's going to be a lot of those unrestricted free agents. Yeah. That's, that's that's where you're going to find a lot of these GMs are going to make their money. Like you're going to find out who the best scouting departments are because they're going to find these, these starters, these Pro Bowl level guys, just because we weren't able to see them at their pro day mm-hmm. or at other events. That yeah. We've seen them at. Yeah. The interview process was, was out of whack. You couldn't get the medicals on some guys, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, really to get thrown for a loop. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, Oh, 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 which team times out. Oh, Nick wants to know which team times out with their Wi-Fi first Raiders. Cause they Raiders. didn't pay their, uh, their internet bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Nick thinks it's the Browns. So, uh, actually it's pretty Probably solid. Okay. We, really we also have another question from who's Dark Sage. I have no idea. Uh, do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. I'm very interested in this draft. No, no, read it out loud time. so everyone can hear it. I am very interested in this draft for the first time in many years. What will Tampa do, if anything, to upgrade the team for Brady? Will New England take their franchise quarterback? There are so many things to look forward to. Yeah, um, why the yeah, draft I mean, is the best. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 the, the Bucks need a left tackle. They need some more help. Um, kind of mm-hmm. at the cornerback position, so there's a few there's a few key spots, but Tom Brady kind of makes up for a lot of that. He he mm-hmm. elevates yeah. he elevates everyone around him. Yeah, it's definitely offensive line for the Buccaneers if they do go anything on offense. Mm-hmm. And will New England take their friend? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the way this works out, Jordan Love falls to them. Um, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert would be available. Doubt either one of them actually will be in the real draft, but you know I could see them also taking a flyer on like Jake Fromm or something in like the mm. third or fourth round. So you never know. Also a possibility. How far do you guys think? What's the max that Tua can fall? Um, you know, obviously with teams not really being able to check out his medicals. Like we were talking about I it in the group think chat, he like, would go top five. Yeah, um, I, I, I can't I, see him sliding past the. Some team will trade up for him. Mm-hmm. But even yeah, though I, I mean like. You know, Justin was talking about it before. What if he gets past the Raiders at 12? Like, literally, like, where could he possibly go? I mean, again, they don't have medicals on this guy. He just broke his hip six months ago. It's 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 not feasible because we've seen him play and we know what he can do. You have enough tape on the guy. But 
it's feasible in terms of we need something to talk about, right? Maybe would, Miami's second pick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Luke. You should be happy gonna, now. Honestly, if he makes it past the Raiders, which I, I can't see that being feasible, mm. the 49ers are right there. Are they that invested in Jimmy Garoppolo that they wouldn't take yeah. a guy like Tua? They can let him sit free. I know it's crazy. And that's oh, one, that's one, Super Bowl in his first year is this full time. One of the reasons throw. he missed one throw. That yeah, he also much threw like got. nine passes in a game and they won. So it's, clearly, it's not all on the quarterback. Yes, it's on Kyle Shanahan as a beautifully orchestrated, orchestrated. Yes, his mm, nope, his beautifully <laughs> orchestrated run game. Um, anything else from you guys? I think we did a pretty damn good job. No, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Killer. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This was the first of, I guess, many maybe for the love of sports NFL draft special. I had Justin Raziel. I had Derek Rampula, my good friends. I'm Michael Raziel. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for having us, buddy. See you, Mike.